Previously on Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. Well, you're going to need a tux, Ryan. For what? Cotillion. She pairs Ryan up with my favorite character of the episode, fucking Anna. You yourself said that he was selfish earlier, which I agreed to. But I mean, he's worth more than Jack Johnson tickets. I don't care how good they are. How fucking pissed were you to see Sandy Cohen get punched? I was mad. I was mad. I was. That's when I was like, all right, everybody calm down. <laughs> It's time for Jay and Mitchell's The O.C. Podcast Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Jay and Mitchell's The O.C. Podcast The show where me, Jay Howell, and my best friend, Mitchell Hardage Hey, that's me are uh, going through and uh, using our time in quarantine to not only watch every single episode of one of our favorite shows, but then talking about it for a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the fifth, the fifth. I'm guessing. I'm going to go ahead and predict three hour long. <laughs> <laughs> We've been consistent with, our, with the length. Yeah, over talking about this show, but it's cool. It's fun. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying myself. Uh, I thanks uh, to people who have been listening along with us. Uh, if this is your first time uh, hearing our podcast, um, this is episode five. So thanks for jumping in. Uh, but feel free to go back and listen to the twelve other hours worth of of talking that we've done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, quite a journey, and you're going to want to get caught up before you jump into episode five, because there's a lot of preamble. For sure, for sure, and we'll, we are going to do our best uh, to just break this down and uh, really, really just find all of the, the nooks and crannies and, and subtleties and we're going to get yep, all up in the nooks and crannies with our, <laughs> on the, the, uh, the English muffin that is the Orange County. Nooks and crannies um, are words that always go together. Like you never just say like, look the at all nooks. those crannies yeah. or nooks. <laughs> They're always synonymous with each other. I guess there's like a reading nook. It's like nook, I feel like gets a little bit more play than cranny. What is a cranny? Cran- I don't know, but yeah, nooks like a like a breakfast nook in a, mm-hmm. in a kitchen. Yeah, reading never, nook. Never a bre- breakfast cranny. Why not? It's more fun to say. I prefer crannies. If if I have a say in this, <laughs> maybe this is why these podcasts are three hours long. Well, we're we're touching on the the hard hitting topics, <laughs> and I think that's what the people want. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Send us an email at Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast and just tell us nooks or crannies. That's at Which, gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yes, and let us know, please. For the love of God, nooks <laughs> or crannies. Let it be decided uh, once and for all. Absolutely. And then we'll put it to rest and never speak of it again. <laughs> Mitchell, episode five The Outsider. Yeah. Uh, Oh shit! Wait, uh, but before we do that, because uh, we realized that um, we we are uh, we did not 
we did not uh, do the OC MVP from episode four. Oh yeah, right. We we had a discussion about this, and uh, sorry to all those who have been waiting a whole week to see who yeah. the MVP was <laughs> for episode four. Um, we were gonna we were debut. gonna just let it slide, but I checked all the chat rooms uh, yeah. that are linked to our podcast, and people were like, "What the They're fuck furious, is going yeah. on?" Yeah. So, so I think we we alluded to it earlier in that episode um, where we were like kind of vibing on Anna being the MVP. Are we still sticking by that? She gets my vote. Uh, I think she gets yeah. mine too, honestly. Um, I can't really think. Like maybe San- Sandy's always a strong contender for MVP because he's always just doing good in the world. And yeah. he, you know, he jumped in there to help Jimmy out despite, you know, kind of hating his guts reasonably. And um, so totally th- annihilated all those ninjas. Yeah, and he was game. annihilating the evil ninjas in the video game. Bless his heart. He, you know, drove uh, Marissa and Ryan to Cotillion when he didn't want to go. But I think Anna, Anna like made a strong introduction for herself. This was her first episode. And right. She comes, she comes in strong and uh, just, yeah, immediately you're like, who is this? Right, yeah. She gives Seth the confidence that he needs to uh, to kind of like finally like make a big step forward in his adulthood, <laughs> in uh, in his romantic um, efforts. So, yeah, I think it was a, it was a solid outing for Anna that one. So, she, also I, she, you know, Sandy Cohen is in essentially every episode, whereas Anna uh, was in episode four. She's gone for a while. She comes back for, mm-hmm. I don't, I want to say maybe like eight to 10 episodes in this season. Yeah. Um, and then she's, and then she's gone. So uh, I feel like she has fewer opportunities. That's so true. I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to acknowledge her uh, for episode four. So uh, cool congratulations, Congrats. Uh, Anna Stern. Um, and your on your MVP trophy. Um, okay, cool. So now, episode four has officially been been That's, podcasted. There's a bow on episode four. Let's open up the gift that is episode five, the outsider. The, <laughs> the outsider. outsider. Who is the outsider? Here's the thing. So we've we've talked about how how all the episode titles are essentially the something and up until this point um it's basically they've all had to do with ryan you know like the model home the gamble the debut these are all things that you could go like well this is how this pertains to ryan the outsiders is also one that you can pertain to ryan but i wonder if maybe he's not the outsider that this episode is talking about because there's another outsider. <laughs> yes, there's another character who really doesn't fit in with the Newport community, <laughs> as we'll find out. And um, I think that is like kind of on paper face value. That's who the episode is referring to as the outsider. Um, I think, you know, if you want to get a little deeper and a little more philosophical with it, you could make an argument that perhaps Julie is kind of feeling like an outsider in this episode as well with our, with our secondary plot. Um, but, uh, 
we'll we'll touch on all that stuff when we get to it. So shall we dive in? Let's do it. I would like to start by saying that this episode was written by Melissa Rosenberg, who was who's a producer on the OC, but she only wrote um, like two episodes and then she gets a teleplay, which I guess is the same thing as a screenplay, but she wrote the screenplay for two episodes and then credited as teleplay for another episode. They were all, I believe in season one. And I think this was her first episode that she wrote. Now, Melissa Rosenberg also wrote all of the twilight movies. Really? Yeah. yeah, I think that was that's kind of her big uh, writing credit. She's done a lot of. T- I'm looking at her ID- IMDb. She's done a lot of TV. She she did she wrote for uh, Dexter as well. And um, but yeah, the Twilight series. I feel like that that's and Jessica Jones. It looks like a little bit later, but yeah, the the Twilight series that was her big one. Interesting. Could you? <laughs> catch hints of uh could you could you see how how that might be the same writer kind of have you seen twilight i i have not ever seen twilight so yeah i don't think i would i in my mind i think i know what those movies are like but truth be told i've never seen one they're exactly like this episode of the oc perfect except with vampires (laughs) no werewolves (laughs) um I will, we were kind of talking before we started recording, um, but I didn't, this wasn't my favorite episode of the OC. Uh, it's same. It felt a little, there are like scenes and moments that I enjoyed and there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about from this episode, Yeah. but it, it didn't feel, and granted, I mean, there's like 90 episodes of the show that I, I don't expect. Great, yeah. Yeah, I don't expect all of them to be, you know, perfect score type uh, television. Um, But this one, yeah, I was kind of like, there was a moment where I was like, oh, yeah, we've committed to do every episode of this show. Oh, yeah, even the stinkers. Yeah. And we can talk Uh, about them being stinkers and and we can talk about why they're stinkers and maybe that'll be interesting. But uh, I, I, I think it's because Ryan... Ryan kind of takes a back seat in this episode. Um, and I know we've talked about him being a little wooden and not really saying much, but he is fun to watch. And I think like whenever it's like a Ryan focused episode or like Ryan and Seth teaming up, that's, that's good TV. This one, Ryan sure. and, and Seth are kind of like, you know, because of the script, like kind of, they're kind of deliberately separated for a lot of the episode. It's kind of like the point. Um, and it suffers a little bit from it. It's also just, yeah, it's kind of an in-between episode. Nothing huge happens. Not, not, not a lot of um, relationships get developed in a huge way or anything. It's kind of an in-betweener, feels like. Yeah, and also a big part of this episode has to do with a character who's only in this episode... Yeah, and and he sucks. Not not the most likable of characters yeah. either. <laughs> He's not great. Um, so let's let's talk about it. Um, we start with a with a previously on. Uh, you know, every previously on is spoken by a different member of the cast. This is the first one I think where they have Marissa do it, and she can't even. <laughs> 
Like it sounds like two different takes that they chopped up and put together. Oh. She went like previously on the OC. It's just like very stiff. I'm sorry, Misha, but you 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 were you weren't the best actress for this show. Also, how many how many takes are you think they're they're giving them to do? Like do you think she just did two or three takes and they were like, we'll just cut it together. It's fine. It's just, it's f- don't worry about it. I, th- I think yeah. she did 40 takes and they were like, we'll just splice <laughs> it. Don't, don't sweat it. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is about her. There's like, there's like a, a real kind of weird teenage awkwardness to her, but it's not like fun to watch <laughs> all the time. It isn't. They do. They and they do this with a lot of the character, like some of the the actors who aren't maybe the greatest of actors. Where you kind of and maybe it's just me watching it as like a fan of the show, where I'll kind of give them a little bit of of leeway, yeah, of going like, oh, they're just it's just because they're kind of awkward teenagers, right? When maybe that's not what they're trying to convey, but it's kind of coming off that way. Just yeah. the way that they're saying things. Yeah. But. What, what can you do? You can only work with the tools you're given. Um, exactly. So, um, oh, I thought it was interesting in the previously on how Luke is able to like summarize the entire love triangle between Ryan, Marissa, and him. And it's all just like clips from the cotillion. He's just like, He's just like, ever since he's been here, you guys have been all over each other and I'm supposed to be your boyfriend and we're done. Like, that's it. I'm walking out. Like, he, <laughs> It's like they didn't even really have to cut that scene up that much because he just like, he just like drops it all within like 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Luke, for <laughs> really uh, giving us a, a concise summary there. <laughs> Um, and then we open a uh, cold open on it's like the beach, the boardwalk. You're seeing B roll of people surfing, walking down the boardwalk, having a good time. It's summer, it's California. We're loving it. The music is um, The Way We Get By by Spoon, which uh, I love that song. It's a great song. Yeah, it's a song kind of about, you know, rebellious youth. It's we get high in back seats of cars, we break into mobile homes. Uh really cool tune. Really kind of really, edgy. It really it uh yeah, I this song starting this episode really got my hopes up of like this episode's gonna fucking rule because this song is great. Yeah. But it also put me very much in the time when this show came out because I remember for a while there this song was in like a bunch of like movie trailers and commercials. And like you heard the song in a lot of places and it did kind of nostalgically take me to 2004, you know, or whatever, whenever this came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This was like Spoon's meal ticket. That album did very well for them. That was kind of their breakthrough album. They've always been a fantastic band. Like even after that, I've always really loved that band. I guess this song, the song kind of like, kind of does foreshadow uh, this this aforementioned character that we're about to introduce, because um, he is kind of a bad boy. 
but not like Ryan's a bad boy, where Ryan's like a good boy, but like deep down, but on the surface, he's kind of a bad boy. This guy's just a bad boy. He's a, yeah, he's, he's trying to do good. Sometimes it's, it's tough for him, but yeah. I love, yeah, this song's playing. We're cutting between surf and, and shots of the, of the beach and, uh, Ryan, on his bike and Seth on his skateboard oh, and they're like making funny faces at each other. Yeah. Just like, they're just, just palling being, around. They're just being buds. Having a good time. I love it. And then we cut to them inside like a, uh, like a restaurant on the boardwalk and they're kind of like sizing up lobsters because <laughs> they're going to choose which lob. That's how you do it. You pick, you say, I want to eat that lobster. They pick it up, throw it in the pot and then you're eating it 10 minutes later. Um, yep. And uh, it was in this moment that it was it was a little bit of a meta moment where he's like, uh, Seth's like to Ryan, uh, is that a new shirt? And then Ryan's like, like yeah, like your, your mom bought me some clothes or whatever. He's like, he's like, I thought you could wear that tank top forever. It's just kind of like calling back to it. But he does. I, I think I wanted to bring this up because he says Seth says the term wife beater to describe the like tight white muscle shirt that Ryan always wears. I feel like we've deliberately avoided calling it that. I feel like that's 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 sort of a derogatory term. I mean, obviously, oh for it is. sure. <laughs> Even but, uh, yeah, but I do remember. Yeah, like I was like the common vernacular. Th- that was like what people called those shirts back then. I in middle school, I I wanted those tank tops and. Uh, I remember for Christmas one year, I put on my Christmas list wife beaters. And your mother saw that and was like, Yeah, what? and bought them for me. Oh, she and see, she she even knew what they were. That's what they were called. And and it's it's not like there's not a, a lot of like it's very direct and yeah. bad. Like yeah, obviously. Terrible. And now it seems so obvious that we're like, why everyone we they just called them that and it's weird. And yeah. And I'm glad we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, I did. I did notice that it does on this show get brought up a lot because that's Ryan's wardrobe of choice. But yeah, you and I have have not slipped up yet and accidentally referred to them as that. So well, no, like yeah, I feel like a, that was an easy one to work out of my vocabulary. <laughs> but it's just it just caught me off guard because Seth says it so casually, so just like in passing, you know. And that's just how people talked in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that's not the case anymore. Um, so so there we cut to them, uh, jump cut to them kind of finishing up eating. Oh, that was so good. We just ate lobsters in the middle of the day. We're 16 years old. What a Dude, life. Dude, <laughs> lobsters in the middle of the day. Ryan, I'm from the way they're talking, Ryan's never had lobster before. It's the first time he had it. It was oh. delicious. But... And maybe this is just my, I've, I think I've had lobster maybe two times in my life. I've had like a lobster roll a couple of times. They're delicious. Very mm-hmm. expensive. Did you ever um, have a macaroni grills, lobster ravioli? No. Oh my God, dude. It's good. So good. <laughs> Lobster's good, even. but it's, it is like a rich person's meal. Yes, like it's it is never, expensive. You know, it's never, but the weird thing I thought in this scene is I had paused it to like write down some notes and I realized that they're eating lobster 
with French fries, which <laughs> yeah, I, I felt was I almost like kind fish of like and a, chips. I get, but lobster and chips. Yeah, I don't. It didn't, but it did kind of. I guess it was just like yeah, like like that's just like the casual wealth of Newport. Right. It's like we're gonna have this extravagant meal, but also like put it with French fries as if it's not like a huge thing, you know. Yes. Our uh our our episodic character uh even mentions that. He's like, you know, like thirty dollar entrees on paper plates, sixty dollar bottles of wine and paper cups. It's like the illusion of being casual or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's just rich people, dude. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it it was kind of weird. But I mean, I don't know how rich people live. I assume that's <laughs> how it goes. They're just like, they got all this money to throw around. Why not? Like, oh yeah, we're really bumming it today. Let's go to that crab shack and get fucking lobsters in the middle of the day. So, also, eating uh, lobster yeah. wearing like a t-shirt feels weird. Like that seems like something you like dress up for at like a fancy restaurant. Mm, yes, to 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 normal people like you and I, to the Newport elite, this is this is just a this is a Tuesday lunch. <laughs> just pop in and eat a lobster real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chug a chug a you know forty year old bottle of wine, and then hit the links. <laughs> and we do get a golfing scene in this episode, barely. We sure do, but you know. <laughs> Golfing scene, nonetheless. So uh, Seth's talking to Ryan. He's like, uh, "So what's going on with you and Marissa?" Ryan's like, uh, "She's she doesn't really want to talk right now," which I get. Like her dad's just been publicly outed as being a criminal, and, thief. Yeah, thief. You're a thief. He's a thief. So that's kind of difficult to process, especially for Marissa, who just can't even all of the time. <laughs> regardless of what's going on yeah it's always too much so uh seth seth i guess taking a note from anna from the previous episodes like you got to be confident you got to go after her. tell her tell her that you want to date her or whatever and then ryan's like yeah but i got no money like i feel terrible freeloading off of you guys because uh you know you've been so nice like accepting me into your home and I'd imagine Ryan's always worked for a living. Uh, he's kind he's of worked like construction himself. jobs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he, he feels awkward, you know, taking money from these people. Um, Which to like, to go back to the, um, the gamble, uh, when his mom is like, these people want to help us. So like we can, we can let them pay for stuff or whatever. Yeah. And there was that like reaction shot of Ryan. It's like, he, he appreciates the fact that this family has taken him in, but by no means is he just like, I can just do whatever I want now and they're just going to pay for everything. Right. And, yeah. And like, I was thinking too, in the scene when we're talking about Ryan needing to get a job, like Seth does sailing lessons, Yeah. but I don't think any of the other kids work, like have a job. No, that's, that's even brought up later in the episode where, so, so we'll get there, but, um, so Seth's like, well, what are you, you going to do for cash? And like on cue, you hear like a bunch of plates breaking inside the restaurant. And you hear like a guy off screen being like, you don't have to fire me because I quit. <laughs> 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 Throws his apron down and storms out. 
And then it's just kind of like, they just kind of look at each other like, I guess I'm going to work here. And then Seth's like, all right, but you got to hook me up with free lobsters. Whatever. Cut to opening credits. Um, these are still the same. Uh, <laughs> episode five. Haven't changed the credits. Um, then we go to the pool house with Seth and Ryan. I'm guessing it's like the next day or something. Or Ryan like was just like, hey, that guy just walked out. Can I work here? They're like, sure, you're hired. You start tomorrow. Okay. So <laughs> we go to the next morning. Um, and Seth is like, uh, Seth's kind of like, what am I going to do all day while you're at work? <laughs> Seth, who, Seth, who has not had a friend up until this point. And then Ryan shows up and... Now he has like a best friend for however long this has been. Like it's uh, been like the summer, so it, yeah, we're like, like in the middle month. of summer. So yeah, maybe like a month or something. And uh, now all of a sudden he's like, "What am I supposed to do without my best friend?" Yeah, and he even says like, "Oh, I didn't have any friends before you showed up, so I'm kind of used to being alone. I guess I'll go do that." But yeah, he he's, says, he's uh, a little clingy <laughs> to Ryan. <laughs> Just little a little bit. A little bit. Uh, he, he says, uh, you know, a little me time. Uh, give me time to, to work on the novel. Uh, <laughs> which is a, a reoccurring joke he makes in this episode. <laughs> yes, he'll, he'll bring that back at the end. Um, so then we cut to the Cohen's kitchen. It's Kirsten kind of hosting the noopsies, you know, uh, all of Julie's goons. <laughs> but Julie's not there. And no Julie. So she's hosting them for breakfast, I guess, and they're discussing going on this retreat that they do, like an all-girls retreat that they do to like a spa every year. And they're talking because they about, need it. They've oh, been working really hard. They deserve it. Well, Kirsten has. Right. She can't stop working. Um, but they're kind of discussing like the noopsies are discussing how to keep keep Julie from attending the retreat, <laughs> and. Uh, and while they're discussing this, Sandy is like spying on them, like Scooby Doo style, like kind of poking Dude, his head out from the doorway while he's in the living room. I I laughed out loud when uh, it cuts to him and he's like peeking from behind the behind the doorway, yeah, <laughs> and he's just like hiding because he doesn't want them to see him. He doesn't want to deal with them. It's the morning, uh, like Ryan and Seth come up to him, it's, and Sandy's just like, "Hold on, boys." He's like. My briefcase is in there, but I can't go in there. Ryan's like, just go get your briefcase. What's the big deal? He's like, then I would have to talk to them. Do you see? He said, I'm waiting for them to disperse. <laughs> <laughs> Any minute now. Um, and then uh, and then we come. So they're, so they're all kind of eavesdropping now. Seth, Ryan, and Sandy are, are kind of eavesdropping on this conversation. And the noopsies are all just like gushing about jimmy's situation because they were all at cotillion it's like the big controversy of the year for them and they uh, all saw the punch they saw the the double punch from double greg, punch daddy greg <laughs> and then um so they're all talking about like you know jimmy going to jail possibly for like 10 to 20 years or something and then it cuts back to Ryan and Seth and Sandy. And I thought this was kind of a sweet moment where Seth's just like, what's Marissa going to do without her dad? Like everybody's like just talking about like Jimmy and the money and blah, 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 blah. And Seth's like the first person that's been kind of like, dude, like that really sucks. Like what about Marissa? She's, 
it's going to be really hard for her. I thought it was sweet that Seth was the person to kind of like bring that up. Um, Which Seth is usually thinking about himself or Summer. Yeah. But you do get an, yeah, he does kind of put it in perspective. He'll occasionally have moments of clarity where he thinks of other people. Um, And uh, yeah, so, you know, just the noopsies being their typical gossipy selves. Um, Then we cut to the, the Cooper residence with Julie and Jimmy. And um, Julie is talking about like going, she's like, I have to go on this retreat. They're going to try and box me out, but I have to go because I have to like, I have to like defend myself. I have to like make a case for myself so that they don't just like ostracize me completely. And uh, while she's doing all this, Jimmy's just kind of like, dude, chill out. You're overreacting to which I say, no, she's not. <laughs> like, no. this is like Jimmy's like really trying to downplay the severity of the situation he's in, which is what he's been doing the whole time. Yeah, part like, for the course for this guy. Everyone's telling him like he's in a lot of trouble. He needs to do something, and he's like, "Yeah, but I don't know what to do. So I guess I just won't do anything." Yep, we'll talk about it later. Come to my office. We'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> just constantly like pushing pushing off priority things right. which you know people do I, I i've done stuff like something you don't want to do you push it off i get that but jimmy is like in full-on denial not, you also haven't stolen millions of dollars from clients no and, uh, <laughs> i haven't stolen millions of dollars from clients <laughs> not at all thank you for uh, saying that it's on the record. I said it. <laughs> um, so uh, Jimmy was like, uh, I was kind of hoping that we could talk this weekend, you know, about our current situation. And Julie was just kind of like, this is your mess, Jimmy. You got to clean it up. You know, she is distancing herself, not being supportive at all. Um, yeah, I get, I get being doing. mad. I get being mad at him. And uh, she as rightfully can be, you know, but to just be like, I'm not going to help. I'm going away on a retreat that we've already paid for, which like, I don't know how retreats like spa retreats work. Couldn't you get the money back? You could probably could. Yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. (laughs) And at this point you need every dollar you can get Julie. Um, yeah, it is interesting because it's like a situation that affects both of them. Obviously, they're married. I think Julie's kind of like approach to dealing with this is being like, I had no idea about any of that. Like, she's going to kind of play dumb. And in doing so, like, maybe she won't be liable or whatever, which I guess is true is is like willful ignorance like okay (laughs) cause you know Jimmy's been trying to bring this up to her for like the whole show until this point and now that it's out in the open she's just kind of like I didn't know anything about it right I I feel like she can yeah get away with not to just yeah, saying she didn't know anything about it. But now at this point she does. Yeah. Um so I don't know if, if I don't know what I don't know what the rules are. I don't know laws. 
Also, if I was Julie and I was married to Jimmy and this idiot has gotten himself into this terrible situation, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'll just leave it up to you to get out of this <laughs> one because obviously you're so good at doing stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that dude's nothing but a fuck up. I would be like, okay, mama's going to step in and take the reins on this and work something out so that we can get out of this unscathed. But then again, she's Julie Cooper. She's very self-serving. Right. Well, and she also says, because she's like, she's in her mind, I think she is helping. But the way she's thinking about helping is I'm going to go and make sure, you know, these women don't talk about bad about our family. Right. Because that would be the end of the world. Right. And to which Jimmy's like, they're your, aren't they your friends? Yeah. And she's like, no, they're the gatekeepers of the community. It's so fucking weird. It is weird. To, to be like, I don't trust, like, to, because those are her friends, but you know, she doesn't trust any of them at all. I think, like, yeah, like a, a, a big theme of this show is um, finding out who your real friends are. Finding out what real friendship means. And, you know, you see that in Jimmy as he develops his friendship with Sandy. You see it in um, Luke later on as he develops his friendship with, like, Ryan and Seth and that crew. Uh, It's, yeah, it's kind of like breaking down the structures of this society that this culture, like, holds, holds value in. And saying, like, no, that's all bullshit. Like, the way that the, the relationship that the Noopsies have and what they call quote-unquote friends is not really what friendship's all about. That's what right. the OC's trying to teach us. <laughs> um, that amongst many things. So then we go to the beach. And we got Marissa and Summer chilling on the beach. Summer's like, oh, I'm all, like, <laughs> tired of the beach let's go to the spa or something let's go get facials she's like let's go shopping or let's go to the spa let's go spend money yes let's go do things that require spending money which is i would think like everything in newport like i think you you couldn't even sit on the beach without paying like 200 bucks but that's <laughs> my perception of this through the lens this show has given me uh, and Marissa's just like, I don't have any money. <laughs> like, they froze all my dad's credit cards. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and Marissa admits that she hasn't really talked to anyone about the situation, hasn't talked to Luke, Ryan, nobody, except for Summer. Um, and then Summer says that you have to talk to people or you'll get depressed. And when you're depressed, you'll get medicated and then you'll stop feeling things according to my stepmother, which is like a really like <laughs> intense and set. But Summer just said it like very like kind of off the cuff, like, and then you, you get depressed and then you get sad. You'd be like my stepmother. And I was right. just like, Jesus, that is fucking harsh. Like it reminds me of the mom from like American Beauty or something. Remember her? How she was just kind a- of like. Allison Janning, I think. Isn't that who plays the mom in? Yes, yes. Not Annette Benning, the yeah, the other lady. Chris Cooper's yeah. wife. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, what is Summer's home life like? Because this is the well, first time time we've really like kind of talked to Summer beyond like her just being skeezy. That's what I I was noticing in this scene. And again, 
how you were saying a few minutes ago about about like friendship. Like Summer doesn't give a shit that Marissa is poor now, or like that that Marissa's dad just got punched in the face. Like she yeah. does give a shit, but in the same way that like I'm sure all the other like high school, all the other debutantes at uh, at the at <laughs> the, the cotillion, cotillion. Yes. they're probably not talking to Marissa right now because they're like. Yeah. Your dad took money from my dad and Right. Like, but Summer's like, You're my best friend, so let's hang out and go to the beach and I'll buy you lunch. Yeah. And Yeah, that yeah, but, that is true. Summer's sun, Summer's being a really good friend in them this moment. And, it's her and, first it's yeah, it's her first scene where you're like, Maybe she's not the worst person in the yeah, whole world. There's a little <laughs> more to her than just like wearing a bra and being horny. Right. Um, also they, that's, that's like a reoccurring, I guess, joke. Uh, but like thing that they talk about is summer stepmom who isn't a person. Like you never see her. She's, she's like, um, Mavis, I think. And Frazier, uh, uh, fuck Nigel's, uh, wife. Yeah. yeah, He's like always talking about her, but you never see her. Like they never cast her in the show. Right. It's always yeah. just uh she's in the other room and she's medicated. Like that's that's oh, all yeah. you really know about. We do see her dad. We do meet her dad um briefly, but you know, he's got speaking a speaking part. But yeah, you're right. We never we never do see the stepmom. Yeah. He comes in around like season 3 and has a a bigger role in bigger the show. Role. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the Crab Shack. It's Ryan's first day. He's there with a young man, roughly his age. Um, he's got spiked hair. He's wearing a wristband around his forearm, not his wrist. I noticed that. (laughs) And he's just got, (laughs) he's kind of, uh, this is, it's like a very, kind of patronizing way to introduce somebody to a job. So he like walks in and he's just like, check it out. He goes to a table that's like people have paid and left and he's like bussing it and he's like, garbage goes in the garbage. <laughs> These plates go in here. <laughs> he like throws them in the bin and then he's like, now for the advanced course. And then he walks over to like a single woman sitting at a table and he's like, Hey, Mrs. Fisher, would you like another glass of Merlot? And she's like, yes, please. And then he's like, drunk. And then he kind of like, he kind of gives his like breakdown of like the Newport Society. Cause yeah, he's like, he's like uh, I got this place all figured out. Yeah. He's like, everybody here's a fucking hypocrite freak. Show. He uses the word freak show. And he just, he doesn't really like, make a strong case for himself i would say because he this is where he talks about like 30 dollar entrees on paper plates blah 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 i'm like yeah they're rich this is a rich community like like he doesn't he doesn't mention any sort of like oh yeah see she's she's drunk she should be she should be like out you know teaching teaching school or like with her husband but she's cheating on him blah 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 like it's nothing like that it's just like right. yeah she's having a drink in the middle of the day on like a beautiful day like chill out bro yeah you don't gotta be so harsh on these people he was he 
that actor is he in Twilight? Am I thinking of a different person? He's not the guy who plays the wolf. No, right? no, that's Taylor Lautner, who's much okay. younger, I would say, because this is 2003. Those movies came out a little bit later. But I remember Taylor Lautner was like 17 or something when they shot the first one. So, plus, gotcha. yeah, different guy. Um, no, I don't think this, I have seen this actor before. He is like a, um, I mean, he's, he's like a character actor. He, he kind of always plays like a tough guy, sort of like Mean Streets kind of guy. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty good actor. I mean, his character in this episode isn't like <laughs> super rad, but uh, let's see if I can find him. No, he likes, uh, yeah, he likes to be tough and party. Yeah. And that's kind of his his MO. His name's uh Paul Wesley. And he was in the Vampire Diaries. That's probably like the big thing he was on. He was Stefan. I never watched that show. But yeah. Sounds like sounds like Twilight. He's also on an ABC family show called Fallen, where it looks like he's a fallen angel. Ooh, I think he was the lead in that. So yeah, pretty good career for this dude. But yeah, this was just a one-off sort of episode. They they always tend to get good actors and actresses for these kind of bit roles that they have. They're 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 like guest starring roles or something like like the X Files or something would have. And this yeah. is where the show really really starts to adopt that. Like you'll see a pattern from here on out where. It's like this guy, like they'll introduce a character, character will come in for one, two, three, maybe four, five, who knows how long the arc's going to go, episodes, and it's just about how these characters kind of mess up what would otherwise be like a very chill existence for all of these people. (laughs) Exactly. Like, yeah, a lot of these characters I find when I'm watching it, I'm like, just, I wish that person would leave because they're ruining everything. Yeah. And you realize it's like, that's why there wouldn't be a show otherwise. <laughs> like, if it was just Marissa and Summer hanging out on the beach talking. Yes. Yeah, the drama be- that we've all come to expect from the OC would not happen without these characters. So, as much as we don't want them around, and as much as the other characters in the show don't want them around, they're kind of a necessary evil to make the show happen. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, while this guy's waxing philosophical about uh, the upper class, <laughs> um, Marissa and Summer enter, to which he's like, it does have an upside. Gross. Yeah, it does um, have its perks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Marissa runs into Ryan. She's like, I didn't know you worked here. He's like, yeah, I just started. And he's, this is the first time he's talked to her since Cotillion, since, you know, it was her, him, and Luke. And she was like, I just need to be alone right now and kind of ran off. And so he's just kind of like, he gets right to it. He's very genuine. He's just like, hey, how, how are you doing? How's your dad? Like, is everything okay? Again, coming from a place of like caring about this person and not caring about their own appearance, Ryan's genuine. Uh, right. And Marissa's just kind of like shrugging, you know, just kind of like, not great. <laughs> the The way their conversation starts is they, Summer and Marissa walk in and she sees that Ryan is there wearing the like, 
the the crab shack shirt. Right. And she's like, oh, like you work here? And he's like, yeah, first day on the job. And she she goes, she goes, well, the food here is really good. And the way she says it, I have no idea what she meant by that. I didn't know if it was like sarcasm or <laughs> like it was just del- again it was just like delivered so poorly yeah that i i couldn't even decipher like how i was supposed to react to what she said yeah i think that's where i think that's that's a problem like i think <laughs> i don't think what you're what they're going for in that moment is real teenage awkwardness. I think what they're, they're going for something else. It's meant to be delivered in a way. It might just be poor direction, poor acting, but they're intending something from that. That line was written for a reason, but instead what you get is like a very confused, or a very confusing sort of like bit of dialogue, which isn't good for any sort of TV. No, I tried, I watched it like two or three times and like I would rewind it and be like, Okay, let me see if I can pick up on like what's anything going on here. here. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it was just very it made me feel dumb, like not being but then I was just like, <laughs> I, I don't think this is my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, I must be stupid because I can't track what like <laughs> what Summer's trying to say here. No, it's it's not your fault. It's just uh and there's a there's another scene <laughs> later in this episode. This is another reason why this episode's not great. It's just like poorly directed, I think. But um it's another like Summer and Marissa scene where they're like outside of her car talking. And I had to watch it like four times to even understand what they were talking about. Because it like the dialogue it's like kind of they're kind of on top of each other talking and it like doesn't really make sense what they're saying. <laughs> like it's very strange. It makes me think that they had like a longer version of that scene and they had to like chop it down. And then like what they ended up with was something that didn't quite make any sense. <laughs> but like there uh, was a maybe like a shadow of like a boom mic in like half of the scene. Yeah. And they didn't realize it until they were editing. So we're like, I guess just cut all that just out. Cut that shit out. <laughs> it's not really that important anyway, I guess. <laughs> so um so before Marissa like leaves to go eat with Summer, um, Ryan asks her out like point blank. He's just kind of like, "Hey, do you want to hang out?" And she's like, "Like a date?" And he's like, "Well, no. I mean, he doesn't quite get to say it." And then Marissa's just kind of like, "I can't right now," which I get, even though she yeah, wants to. She's, she's got she's got a bunch of stuff going on right she's now. Got a bunch of stuff going on, and Ryan's like, "That's cool. Don't sweat that." And then um, we cut to the neighborhood, the uh, uh, Cohen, Cooper, that kind of residential street. Um, Jimmy's walking the dog, which we... What was the dog's name? I don't know. (laughs) I can't remember. The the dog kind of like vanishes after a while. That's what I was going to say is like in the the pilot episode... You see the dog. We see the dog. Golden Retriever. Yeah. And Kirsten says like, oh, hi, whatever the dog's name is. I need to Freckles. go back and watch it. Hi, Freckles. We'll call him Freckles for right now. So we see Freckles in that in that scene. Now it's episode five. We see him again being This walked. is it. There's lots of scenes that take place in the Cooper's house. And Where at you no could point... put a dog. Yeah. There's like, so many scenes of Jimmy... 
Jimmy watching ESPN Classic. Maybe have like the dog laying down by the couch or something. It was like, yeah. Do they have a dog or not? What happened to the dog? We want to know. We're also dog people, so I'm sure most people aren't as uh, involved as we are. We're just like, where the <laughs> fuck is the dog? <laughs> it, I'll tell you this: it's it's like one of the at this point in the show, it's one of the only like redeeming things about Jimmy is like he, <laughs> he walks the dog. I'm like, oh, good on you, man. Because <laughs> you know Julie Cooper's not walking that dog. Julie ain't walking no dog. Marissa can't. She can't even deal. She- can't she can't do anything she's got too much going on so yeah jimmy walks the dog god bless him but sandy pulls up in his car next to jimmy and um he's offering to like help him out offering him some like legal counsel he's like i got a friend who works in uh securities um i could put you in touch and maybe we could get you out of jail, <laughs> out of the possibility of serving jail time. Um, Jimmy's like, why, why are you helping me? You don't even like me. To which Sandy replies, I'm a public defender. I represent a lot of people I don't like. Which I thought was kind of a boom because it's Sandy like doing the right thing and helping this guy out who's like best friends with his wife. But he's not saying, I like you. Yeah. He's just saying, like, oh, like, what, would make you, what would make you think that? Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of like, yeah, you're right. I don't like you, but I feel obligated to help you out because I'm there, a good person. <laughs> there are multiple times in this episode that we'll get to where I just kept going like, what, Sandy, why the fuck are you even doing that? Like, why are you trying yeah. Because it's like, because everything that Jimmy does, and we'll get to it, but like everything that Jimmy does. Oh my God. It sucks. I know. It's like the worst thing you can do I know. in that situation. He's such an idiot, dude. Jimmy is such a fool. He's the oh worst. my God. Yes. And we'll get there. <laughs> and yes, I don't know how Sandy, he has the patience of a saint. I don't know. Saint Sandy. I don't know how he does it. Um, and, and he is a he's always been a fan of the underdog, as he said in the true. last episode. I, I noticed one technical issue. Again, like this episode's not great. Um Sandy So like Sandy pulls up in the car and the car's running and Jimmy's outside. So they do what's called ADR, which is um it's like dialogue replacement in movies where if you have if you shoot something you know obviously you have your boom mic that's getting in the shot uh, <laughs> and then you usually have a lav mic which is like a tiny little microphone that they pin somewhere on the actor and um and that's where you get the the dialogue but occasionally you know like when you're shooting a wide shot and you can't like get the boom that close to him or anything you will uh, you will have to ADR something, which is where an actor goes into the studio afterwards and like tries to match their mouth up with the words that they're saying on screen. And yeah. so Sandy does that in the scene, and uh, it's 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 not good. It's not that Peter Gallagher did a bad job. I think it's just like the way that it was directed and edited was done poorly. Peter, Peter Gallagher can't do a bad job. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he gets a pass. But he, he, so like it's in this, uh, I wrote it down. It's in this one part where 
Um, so when it's actually him talking in the car, he's talking to Jimmy, and this is we're actually hearing what Peter Gallagher is saying in the scene, and he says like, "Oh no, I wouldn't be representing you," and then it the camera's still on Peter Gallagher. The next words out of his mouth are. I've got a friend who's a securities attorney. Like it's much softer and much closer uh, mic'd. And it and just that difference, like it's like a hard audio cut, but the visual's still there. And it's just like it, it was really jarring to me. And it was like really kind of uh it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where like when you get in the studio with the actor and you have to have them do this, they do it like a million times. Like they have to they have to do it like 40 times to get it to match. And I guess like Peter ran out of steam or something. And so he was a little bit like, and that happens. Like you're usually a little lower energy when you're in a quiet, nice studio with headphones on, as opposed to like in the middle of a street in the middle of the day with a big crew and everything. So it's like, I get it. But like (laughs) this was a particular technical issue that, that kind of bugged me. I wonder if this, I didn't notice that, but about this scene, I did notice it starts and like, it's just a weird way that the scene, like it, it cuts to this scene and, and Sandy's car is like right next to Jimmy already. Like there was no, like it pulls up beside him, which I seems to make more sense. It's like, we cut and he's already, I feel like they had a lot of trouble editing this scene. It seems like (laughs) this whole episode, man, this whole episode's kind of, Kind of uh, amateur, unfortunately. Not Peter, though. He's great. <laughs> He's the best. There are some good moments in it, but I, I feel like they just they had a lot to get through. They had a lot of locations, and so they had to rush a few of these. And I feel like this was just one that they, they kind of rushed through. Um, yeah. So then we go back to the Crab Shack. We got Summer and Marissa uh, eating. It's, you know, just a little bit later. And... Summer's kind of like, I didn't know Ryan worked here. <laughs> and Marissa's like, yeah, well, I guess he just started. What's the big deal? And then she's like, oh, no reason. I got to go to the bathroom. And then as soon as she gets up, Luke walks in. And she's like, oh, Luke, what a coincidence. It's like, Marissa, like, Summer, you fucking set up Marissa to, like, have this encounter with her ex-boyfriend. It's like, let her come to him. Like, what? what are you doing? Also, Luke isn't the most, like sincere sentimental guy like i don't know if he's the person you want to sit in front of this emotionally unstable teenager right now who's going through a lot of shit right i don't i think maybe summer was trying to help but yeah we we know that luke is terrible and And yeah yeah just and i guess at this point summer just knows luke and marissa are like a thing they've always been a thing and Marissa hasn't really told Summer about how she's into Ryan, which she definitely right. is. She hasn't told anybody about that. We know as the audience, the omniscient audience, we see the way they touch each other <laughs> and look at each other. We've we've heard the way she says oh hey to him. Oh man. <laughs> he gets a very passionate hey. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Um, so, okay, great. Now, Luke, our favorite person's here. <laughs> and, uh, as Luke walks in, the, uh, server dude, I don't know if we've said his name yet. I don't think he's no, they been don't, introduced. No, they don't say his name until Ryan 
introduces like, him introduces to him to Seth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is coming up, but still like he's in several scenes before you even know this guy's name. <laughs> and so, yeah, the guy goes up to Luke and he's just like, Hey man, what's going on? And then Luke just like looks at him and laughs. Which Donnie, his name's Donnie. His name's Donnie. The, the guy. But I felt like it seemed kind of, especially from the last scene where we, we saw him the way that he talked to that woman and asked her if she wanted more wine. But it felt like a genuine, like, hey, what's up, man? Yes. It didn't seem like he was just, like, trying to schmooze so he could get a bigger tip. He was just like, hey, a guy my age, whatever, like, what's up, dude? Like, he's just saying, what's up? Like, you would say to somebody you pass in the hallway at school. And Luke scoffs. Yeah, Luke he's just like... scoffed at him. The help is talking to me. Do you it know was- who I am? It was remarkable. It was was remarkably douchey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then he laughs in the guy's face. He like laughs at him. Doesn't even say anything. And I'm just like, what the fuck, Luke? Like, um, and then, so, so then, uh, Donnie goes over to Ryan. They're working together. And he's like, I hate that fucking Abercrombie and Fitch water polo bitch. <laughs> like, he, I like that he uses Abercrombie and Fitch as a, uh, as like an insult to Luke. Yeah. Because that really like kind of, that that's like a little time capsule of an insult, I feel like. Abercrombie and For Fitch For sure, was I, I, I hadn't thought about Abercrombie and Fitch probably since high school. And I was like, I wonder if that's still going. Are they still... Beats me. A thing? <laughs> I haven't even been to a mall in years. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume as as they're probably doing okay. All those probably. all those stores, like Hollister, American Eagle, they're probably all... Well, now, who knows? Yeah. With the Rona. But uh, I would imagine A&F is still around. Uh, and then, so then, he's kind of like, man, that kid wouldn't last two seconds in Corona, my neighborhood... Corona, right? Yeah. Oh, topical. <laughs> I thought the same thing, and I was like, I'm not going to say anything like that, but maybe Mitchell will. <laughs> I ain't afraid. It is weird that we can't. you can't hear that word now and not go like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's got a completely different meaning. Uh, much much like the, the tank tops that Ryan wears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Ryan's like, uh, oh, you're from Corona? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm from Chino. He's like, oh, a long way from home. He's like, he like, he like immediately gets a little more like kind of like a street vibe to this guy. Like as soon as he realizes that, that Ryan's from Chino, he's just like, that's hardcore, dude. What's up, bruh? And he goes, he yeah. always does the dap. He always does the, uh, the fist bump with everybody. Well, because he assumed that Ryan was from here. Like yeah, the, like a like summer job. People, so. Right. Didn't need it. But, you know, dad thought it would teach him some good work ethic and the value of a dollar. <laughs> but yeah, he <laughs> finds out that, that Ryan's from Chino. And then uh, he's like, uh, I might be jumping around a little bit, but he invites Ryan to a party. He's like, he's like, not everybody here sucks. Like, there's a party in Log Beach tonight if you want to come. Ryan's like, sure. He goes, there's a, because I, I wrote it down. There's a house party in Long Beach. Six kegs, 
crazy honeys six kegs six kegs holy shit i remember parties where we would get one keg and have like have trouble tapping like we would be drinking it for the next week yeah you don't Uh. need more than one let alone six (laughs) maybe we just didn't have that many friends it was just like us and four other dudes like trying to drink a whole keg. <laughs> We're like, this is a some party, huh, guys? Ready for some more Halo 2? <laughs> oh, man. That is my idea of a good time. <laughs> but yeah, this, this party's lit. Six kegs. Everybody gets to drink a quarter of a keg. <laughs> it's going to be rad. Crazy Honey's... I didn't know how to spell honeys in a plural form. H-O-N-E-Y-S? That's what I put, and it I got spell checked. But if you just do honeys. H-O-N-E-Y-S, no spell check. Huh. Interesting. I never thought to... I'd, I would never pluralize honey because I only refer to it as like... You know, the thing you put in tea <laughs> uh, that comes in a little plastic bear. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I've, I don't think I've ever referred to f- l- girls or ladies as honeys. <laughs> that's just, it's a weird, it's a weird one. Well, I but, wear, I wear my wife beater and I call them honeys. <laughs> and I'm from Corona. And I'm from Corona. <laughs> And that's Donnie, you guys. So at this point, at this point, he's not terrible. At this point, you're like, oh, he's just like a working class guy, and he's like trying to make friends with Ryan, and he's like seems pretty chill, actually. Yeah, from what we can assume, he's here to like he likes he says he likes surfing, and yeah, I'm sure the money's probably pretty good. And like, yeah, working he, at it, I guess he kind of like ogles girls or objectifies them a little so that's that's a little yucky but i mean he's also a teenage boy so what are you gonna do yeah there's 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 a there's hints at perhaps uh a little trouble with him but he doesn't go immediately to in like in dark side mode or anything just like maybe Maybe this guy's okay. Yeah. Oh, a little maybe. rough around the edges. I don't know. <laughs> He'll be a new friend that we see every episode. Psych. Um, so then we cut over to Marissa and Luke at the table. Summer's excused herself. Um, and Marissa's kind of like, you know, she's kind of like trying to open up to Luke, I feel like. She's like, okay, let's let's talk. If like you're here, let's talk about that. And then Luke's just kind of like, uh, talking's just gonna bum us all out. Like, let's go do something. <laughs> like, fucking great bedside manner, Luke. It's like your girlfriend's just been through this like terribly traumatic experience, and she finally, after days of not talking to you, you're here. You 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 fucking like bombed in on her <laughs> lunch with Summer, and she's like, kind of, kind of being very mature about it and just saying like okay let's talk you're here let's talk about this and then you just come back with like nah i don't want to talk let's just go party at holly's <laughs> he does say there because it's kind of cutting between the two of them talking and then back over to ryan and donnie and at one point when they cut back 
to to Marissa and Luke. Luke goes. He just starts his sentence with Holly's beach house party. <laughs> Six kegs. Crazy Six. honeys. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote uh I, I feel like maybe we should have named our podcast Holly's Beach House Party because oh, yeah. we say it we say it every episode. I know. And, and at least for season one, because I feel like they don't really happen so much later on, but you you're absolutely yeah. like Holly's Beach House. It's like they just need a place for the kids to go like be unsupervised. And later it turns into the bait shop. Yes. The bait shop replaces all these parties uh, because I guess they wanted to bring in bands to the show. Um, yeah, it would have been really weird if the Killers played at Holly's parents' <laughs> beach house. <laughs> it would have been an amazing show, though. <laughs> Just think about it. Um, yeah, have you noticed that, like, in those episodes at the bait shop, like none of the bands seem like they want to be there? Yeah, but. I assume they got paid pretty well. Yeah. And also some of those bands, that was kind of their persona on stage regardless. I was thinking that too. I was like, maybe that's just how <laughs> bands were in the early aughts. They just like looked like they didn't want to be playing their own show, <laughs> which I'm glad that trend went away. Cause yeah. it's lame. <laughs> I, uh, and I, We'll we will talk so much about the bait shop when when season two rolls around. But oh yeah, I've got the, opinions. The, the acts that they got to come play there are insane. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Really. Um, I guess at the time they weren't quite at the level that we think of them now, like Modest Mouse, The Killers. They were just kind of on the rise around that time. But I feel like the yeah. OC did nothing but help their careers probably help kind of launch them. So they should have pretended like they at least wanted to be there. <laughs> um, so where are we? Um, looks like fu- fuck your feelings. Let's go party at Holly's. <laughs> Marissa's like, uh, no, remember like her dad punched my dad <laughs> in the face at Cotillion. And then looks like, oh, that's just like between the dads, like, like, uh, like Holly didn't punch you, like you didn't steal money from her. Uh oh, which he does such a bad, like he, he does like a Jimmy Cooper level of bad, like reading the room, like bedside right. manner, just like horrible. Really falls flat on his face in this scene. Yeah, and also, but also just the way that the actor delivered that, like, because it's something that happens in all kinds of TV shows where it's like, and I'm going to say something that I know I shouldn't say. Whoops! Oh. But he just, like, the way that he said it was just so goofy, and you're like, yeah, it was silly. Oh, teen actors, man. <laughs> um, And so Marissa storms off reasonably, because she's just like, you know, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> how dare you? Um, she storms and- off and she does like, like kind of look at Ryan, like her and Ryan make oh, eye yeah. contact for a second while she leaves. And I really wanted Ryan to just like nod his head and just go over and punch Luke. Like take it as like, 
Got it. I don't know what he said, but I probably need to punch him for whatever he just said. You are definitely storming off. Like, this wasn't like a, (laughs) see you later. (laughs) So, I assume that he pissed you (laughs) off or upset you somehow. Um, Then we cut to the Cohen's backyard with Seth, and he's just kind of like bored out of his mind, flipping through his big ol' iPod. He's got one in big boys. It's the thick. It's the thick boy. It's like the what, like one twenty eight gigabyte model or something. I, th- I think so. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's legit. Like three or four inches thick. Man, I loved my iPod. There's something something about it where I don't know. Like I, it's you don't really get it with the iPhone, and especially now that everything is streaming. It's like something about an iPod felt sacred. It was like your little, your record collection. It was like your whole library. And it felt very curated and you could do playlists and stuff. Like, yeah, the iPod was super rad. You put everything on there. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like streaming where it's just like, I'll just find whatever it is I'm looking for. It's like, you did have to like find the thing and download it and put it on there. Yeah. Yeah. I miss iPods. I wonder if uh, I still have one floating around somewhere. <laughs> I wonder if there's a podcast that talks about iPods. Is that where by. the pod and podcast comes from? iPod? iPodcast. iPodcast. Has to be. Um, so then Seth's just like, okay, I'm, okay, uh, I guess Ryan's going to be quitting soon. So here I go. I'm going to go go meet up with him. So he just grabs a skateboard and heads off. Uh and then we it's, cut. It's so sweet. He's like, Ryan's almost done with his first day of work. I'm oh, going to go get him. I'm going to go surprise him. So it's the, it's the end of the, we cut back to the crab shack. It's the end of the day. They're tipping out. Um, and then we see uh, Seth pull up, like Ryan exits. Um, and uh, he's with Donnie. And I guess they're going to go to the party that Donnie had told Ryan about. And Seth pulls up and he's like coming on, coming on real strong. <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, right, what's up? Oh, hey, uh, funny. Uh, we run, should run into each other here. Oh, wow, look at that. It's six o'clock. You must be getting off work right now. You want to go do something? Let's go do something." He's just like very like super clingy, uh, but in kind of a cute way. Not in yeah, a. Uh, he's, he's missed him. Yeah, he's just missed his his bro. Um, and then Ryan's kind of like, oh shit, Seth, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know you were coming. Uh, I got plans. This is Donnie. We finally learned his name. Did you think it was interesting that, um, his mother's name is Dawn and this guy's name is Donnie? I didn't think about that at all, but now that you're saying it, what does it mean? (laughs) Do you think, uh, you think there's any sort of like contextual meaning behind that or it was just a coincidence uh i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say it was just a coincidence that they they did that yeah but i could be could be wrong i've like thinking about it now and yeah i don't really see any sort of like parallel there but uh keep it in the back of your mind as we go through the rest of the episode with donnie um so, uh, Donnie's like, hey, we're going to a party with girls. Uh, those girls over there, the blonde one's a dancer. 
and <laughs> you just cut to like two two random girls standing there. I'm like, damn, that's weird. Okay, whatever. I'm gonna say that. The okay, blonde one's a dancer. The, the brunette bl- one's a juggler. <laughs> Together, they make a really fun show in the circus. Um, this this isn't the six keg party. That's that's the one they go to. The next night. The next I, night. I got mixed up a little uh, bit. Ah, yeah. so this is just like a, probably a, a four keg party. Four, five tops. Tops, yeah. No, the six, the sixers are for the, the weekends. <laughs> um, so Ryan kind of like does the cordial like, uh, I guess Seth could invite you, uh, Donnie, if that's cool with you. And so that's just like, no, 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 no. You guys go, go have fun. It's cool. I got stuff to do anyway, even though he doesn't. And then they're like, okay, cool. Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They take off. And then Seth he just says, kind of... He says, you guys probably have some catching up to do. Oh, right. Because if, they're from As if living in a town next to somebody means like, oh, you're, you're best friends. Remember <laughs> the tornado of 2001? Like, yeah, like what the fuck are you going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> catching up. And so, yeah, the, they leave. And then, and then Seth kind of awkwardly is standing there with a the skateboard. <laughs> He's just kind of like stands there for a second and then takes off on he, a skateboard. He kind of looks around and then kind of like swings his board a little bit. Yeah. And then skates off. And I don't know why I really liked that. It was it, just like this thing of like, I don't know, because there's, there's, there's been times where no one is looking at me and I just do something just for me. That's just for like me. A, just like a, a weird hop or something. <laughs> and I think that's what Seth was doing. It's yeah. Like, oh, See, that's the kind of something. teenage awkwardness that I want from this show where it really kind of like encapsulates a, a, a real moment that we, we've all, we can all identify with. And you clearly know like, what's going on through his head. He's like trying to be cool. He's trying to like not make a big deal out of it. it but he's also, he's also like, can't help but be a little bit awkward. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I want from this show in terms of teenage awkwardness. I don't want to like misconstrue whether or not a character was <laughs> sincere about like an apology that they said to somebody else. That's problematic. Yeah, Cause I didn't, I didn't see that and go, I wonder why he did that. Yeah, you knew exactly why he did that. <laughs> Which I think is why Seth like usually comes across as a, he's always a fan favorite because he like n- he can nail those moments. He's good at it. For uh, sure. So then we cut to the Cohen's kitchen. It's the next morning. Um Seth sitting at the uh, counter uh, reading a comic and Ryan kind of enters. He looks a little worse for wear. He just pu- he just partied with Donnie and the dancer and the juggler. And what a night <laughs> Donnie, they had. Donnie and the dancer. <laughs> That's the new buddy cop show on TNT. <laughs> uh, we know drama. <laughs> and dancing. And dancing. <laughs> So Ryan sits down and just starts eating cereal straight out of the box like a fucking animal. <laughs> he's like, Ryan, Ryan, uh, he prefers hard cereal. Sometimes he'll go with the bowl and the milk, but a lot of times he's just getting a handful of Fruit Loops and 
Cereal's got to be hard like his body. <laughs> uh, he asks us what what's he reading, and Seth's like you know very being very short with him, I guess, because he's like jealous <laughs> that Ryan went off with this guy. Um, he says he's reading Legion, actually. Uh, they're reading a series uh, of Legion, which is cool. Great show if which, you haven't watched it. Yeah, he he's reading Legion. I think he's like later in the season. He's also reading a Legion comic. But I did wonder if they saw if uh, if the Legion comics got a boost in sales because they got like the Seth Cohen shout out. Yeah. Oh yeah, Seth was like a. Uh, Oh boy, he, he he could he was an influencer. He was one of the first influencers of this generation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where he could just uh drop a name in the middle of an OC episode or or wear a band t-shirt and then you saw a spike in sales. Yeah, that's called Cohen, the, the Cohen bump. Cohen bump, that's what they called it. And you can get one too. You just got to know know the right people to pay. Seth Cohen, you got to pay <laughs> Seth Cohen. Um so, so uh yeah uh ryan ryan says like or says like this is the the second of five in the series of legion ryan's like i like the first one it's like ryan's getting into comics oh that's cute um <laughs> but Seth's just like i'll let you borrow it when i'm done and he's just like very short doesn't make eye contact um yeah, he just kind of wants Ryan all to himself, and he's he's being a little jealous in the whole situation. He's being a little jealous, and Ryan's new friend has a lot more in common with him than Seth does. Feels a little and threatened. So, yeah, I think I think Seth is just like, I can't compete with a guy that grew up in a town next to yours. <laughs> yeah. Who, you who wears wristbands on his forearm. <sighs> yeah, it's like they were made for each other. <laughs> Um, then we cut to, oh, this is the scene I was talking about. Coop, uh, Coop's car, Marissa Cooper's car. Uh, they're like at the boardwalk parking. It's uh, Summer and Marissa. And yeah, they're just chilling. And this is the the scene where I like had a hard time kind of like understanding like the whole, like until Ryan enters the scene, I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> it didn't I don't think it needed to have like that scene didn't really need to exist yeah because the, nothing's really being revealed and the relationship's not really like going anywhere new with this like this yeah the scene is complete throwaway it's basically like from what I gathered it's just like Summer being like, hey, like, sorry, I invited Luke to that lunch thing because he's an idiot. And <laughs> he's like, I want you guys to get back together. And I thought that's what you wanted. And Marissa's kind of like, I'm done with that dude. Like, that's kind of all I gathered from that. But yeah, the dialogue's well, so, you, like, clunky. That's all you needed to gather. Aside okay. from then they say something about how Julie, Marissa's mom, is going on that retreat Right. And her parents are kind of fighting. And then Summer's like, uh, well, you're, they'll miss each other. And when she gets back, then they'll have, you know, Makeup awkward sex. I miss you sex or something. <laughs> and Marissa goes, ew, Summer. Summer. And she's like, what? They will. <laughs> you know they fucking will. You're going to watch. 
<laughs> and then she kind of like she kind of runs off and then Ryan enters is like hey and Marissa's like hey she gives him that hey Ryan like rides his bike up real confident and like almost aside from like just like fucking shredding some tires like hey <laughs> it is interesting how he's been like so kind of like he's been so nervous around Marissa it seems like up until this point like when they were at the cotillion and he was like dancing with her and stuff or when he was at her house and he was like putting the strap on her dress and stuff like that he was just he's always it's like when you see Ryan kind of like at his most uh just kind of like baffled or like kind of like lost for words he's just kind of like he's, oh, bleh, yeah bleh. he's <laughs> awkward he's ner- he he like does it but she's also like that like t- I think that's also why some of those scenes between the two of them are, are really uh, frustrating yeah. is that they're both just like, oh, hey, oh, no, you go. Um, well, yeah. uh, uh, well, oh, me? Um, well, I was just thinking, you know, if you want to, if you're not busy or anything. But no, Ryan pulls up on this scene and he's just like, hey, I just want you to know that uh, yesterday I was asking you out and I'm going to keep asking you out. So, do you want to go out? <laughs> just like, like, where did this confidence come from? Was it that lobster lunch he had with Seth at the beginning? <laughs> like, where Seth was just like pumping him up. He was like, you got to be direct with her. And Ryan's like, yeah, I need, I need your advice to know how to talk to girls, Seth. You know the, 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 the amount of confidence you have in yourself after you eat shellfish is it's incredible. <laughs> and just it lasts. Like, you the can, boost you get. Yeah, you can coast on that for days. <laughs> Something's in the lobster over there at Newport. Um, and so Marissa's kind of like, uh, well, I'm supposed to be babysitting my little sister tonight. Uh, I'm going to make mac and cheese. And then Ryan's like, so is that a yes? And so I was like, oh, that'll be cute. Like you get little little Shailene Woodley <laughs> in a scene and uh, Ryan helping Marissa make mac and cheese. I'm like, that's going to be adorable when that scene happens. Yeah. Oh. It's like a Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. He doesn't yeah. know what to do with kids. He's just yeah. All he does is work out all day. He doesn't, how do I interact with kids? I can lift him up. Is that fun? <laughs> <laughs> um, but unfortunately, guys, that that scene never never happens. <sighs> and here's why. <laughs> because um, we got ourselves a six kegger. We got a six kegger to go to. Um, so, oh, I thought there are also in the scene when Marissa and Ryan are talking, um, when Ryan pulls up, he's like, I'm going to the office. And Marissa says, me too. And I'm like, the beach? You gotta go lay Again, on the like beach? like we said, That's nobody, none of those kids have jobs. Yeah. I'm like, why would you, why would you even joke about that? <laughs> it seems stupid to me. And honestly, Marissa, maybe you should get a job because your dad doesn't have any money anymore. Yeah. You're going to have to start supporting yourself. Sorry. Welcome to the real world. But no, she's going to the office, you know, the beach where she's just going to lay out all day with Summer and chat. Um, so, <laughs> so then we go to... So they're, they're on. Ryan and Marissa, guys, it's on. They're finally going to have a date and... 
yes, the moment we've all been waiting for is rapidly approaching. So then we cut to Jimmy's office and um, it's Jimmy and Sandy. And I think this is Jimmy's like office office, not his home office is what it looks like. Um, right. But regardless, he still is very unorganized and there's just stacks of paper. Yep. All over <laughs> Boxes the place. full of paper. They're just rifling through. It looks like they've been doing that for like six hours. They're just like sleeves are rolled up. They're all sweaty. <laughs> like, geez, Jimmy, okay, get some kind of filing system for the love of God. Um, so we find out in this scene that Jimmy stole four million dollars. We we have been severely undercutting. Yeah, and being like. He stole a hundred thousand dollars, and we that blew our minds. (laughs) Yeah, that is still so much money. That's the loan that Kirsten gave to Jimmy in episode two, the model home. Um, No, in and then and then we saw in uh, um, the previous episode, the Cotillion, Greg Holly's dad was like, "I need you know two hundred thousand dollars out of this account so I can invest in real estate." So you're like. Okay, maybe it's two hundred thousand that he stole. No, 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 my friends. <laughs> Jimmy Cooper stole four million dollars out of people's investment accounts. Fucked up. And and of course, Jimmy's just kind of like, oh, this is no big deal. Like, I'll 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 just, I'll just uh, pay a fine and uh, we'll get back to work and everything will be fine. And Sandy's just like, reality check, bro. You are fucked. Like <laughs> you are going to lose your license. Uh, like the only way you are not going to prison is. Does he say it now? I think it's on the golf course. It's on the golf when course. He really breaks it down. But yeah. he's basically like you, because Jimmy's like, well, what do we? You know, we'll just we'll just figure it out. Yeah. And Sandy's like, I don't think it's going to be that easy. I don't think you're going to get to be able to be a, a financial planner anymore. <laughs> and I think you're going to owe, you're going to have to pay that money back. And this is like, it, it this, this scene gets like amplified on the golf course. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it just boils down to Jimmy being like, but I don't want to. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like that. That's my only option. Right. And so, Meh. Hmm. It's just money. What's the big deal? Yeah. It's not like I stole five million dollars. <laughs> so so they're both kind of frustrated at this point. And Sandy's like, hey, maybe maybe we need to take a break. Maybe this is this is all a little too much. We've been doing this for a while. Let's have a boys' night. You know, our wives are at the uh the retreat. Let's you and me have us a boys' night. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that Sandy isn't the biggest fan of Jimmy, but I think like he sees, you know, the, uh, the kind of like reality setting in for Jimmy and he, yeah, he's in denial a little bit, but like he's fully aware of like the fact that, you know, like he got punched out at his daughter's cotillion and everybody in town knows he's a thief and all this, like that much is, is true. Um, so, so yeah, Sandy's kind of like seeing somebody in need of a friend and he's extending that uh, graciousness to him. And He's uh, trying. He's, he's trying. He's, he's trying his best to like 
see past what you know the the whole you know past that Jimmy and Kirsten have. Right. But fucking Jimmy keeps bringing it up, <laughs> dude. Yeah. And again, not in not in this scene, but no, I know. in all the next the next three scenes with them. <sighs> it's so aggravating because it looks like they they have a real and they do bond a bit, but like they had real potential to like just have like a really nice night together. Yeah. Even if Jimmy's completely <laughs> fucked after this, like they were making steaks, drinking beer, and playing video games, and Jimmy just keeps fucking sucking the air out of the room. It's so aggravating. <laughs> Dude. Well, I did I got excited for a second at the towards the end of this scene where uh Sammy's like, let's take a break. And he goes, We could go, we could go out. And I was like, all I want to do is see like the two of them, like a night on the town, yeah, like going to a, like a club or oh, something. Oh god, I would love. <laughs> but that. they don't. They they stay at home and and drink beer and eat steaks. Seeing uh, Peter Gallagher wearing like a like kind of like a one of those like kind of silk shirts with like a big collar, and it's like oh, unbuttoned, yeah. two buttons down. And you see a little bit of the hairy chest going on. He's like, oh, I'm here to party, <laughs> Jimmy. Let's go. Boys night. <laughs> Come but, on, we gotta dance. <laughs> but their idea of boys night's more like uh kind of what my idea of boys night is. It's like yeah, let's just it's chill and play video do. games and yeah. Uh so then we cut to the retreat with all the ladies, Kirsten Julie and the Noopsies, who M- Marlon's mom. Marlon's mom, Marlene. There's like a there's a pretty solid <laughs> Karen in there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, there's a Karen. Um <laughs> We start with, they're all like lounging by the pool. Uh, Kirsten's on her phone trying to negotiate something because the lady cannot stop working no matter how hard she tries, no matter where she is. Um, and Julie sk- starts kind of like making her case, you know, she, and this was kind of icky, but she says, <laughs> she's. they were like, you know, did you know that Jimmy was doing this to like our husbands and like our money? And Julie's like, look, my domain is in the bedroom and the kitchen. And I held up my end of the bargain and I didn't know that he was doing all that shit. And I'm like, like, Julie, come on. You're like, I was hoping she would be more of a a figure of female empowerment, even if she's she is like a villain. Like, I was hoping she would be a little a little bit above this sort of like old generational idea of a heterosexual marriage <laughs> it's kind of bummed me right. out a little bit when she said well that. she she definitely it takes her a long time but she does kind of uh make a, a turnaround she does. she's still always kind of evil yeah but like she becomes more tolerable and 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 likable as the show goes on i agree yeah they her, her character is like well, she's always really fun to watch, even when she is being a, a an absolute villain. Um, right. And I think that's partly why she's fun to watch, but she's also just, like, terrific actress. So, good on you, Melinda Clark. Um, So, so then the Noopsies kind of suggest, you know, like, oh, well, you know, like, I know this great lawyer, and Kirsten thinks, like, oh, it's for 
you know, helping Jimmy out of this situation. And she's like, no, a divorce, divorce lawyer, <laughs> a divorce lawyer. So you can dump his sorry ass. Um, and then the, the, so this idea gets floated out, which, you know, realistically, Julie's always been considering it ever since this kind of blew up. But now it's like out in the open and they're talking about it. Yeah. No, it, it does seem like uh, it does seem like something that she's she's considered. But there is like when when that other woman says divorce lawyer, it cuts to Julie and she kind of like her eyebrows kind of perk up like, oh, a divorce lawyer. You oh. said like, she has a reaction to it as if she had never considered it until right. now or something. Which could be part of her plan all along. Like, oh, tell me more about this, what is it, divorce? Yeah, because she's fucking playing these women just like, that. You know, like, again, it's that thing of like, they're all they're all friends, but none of them are friends. Right, yeah. She's, she's trying to save face in front of them. Mm-hmm. She knows what she's doing. Um... And, Kier- and then we cut to Kirsten and she's like really uncomfortable because Jimmy's one of her oldest friends, even though he's an absolute moron. I don't know what you like about him, but she's like, she's like, damn it. <laughs> in the same, yeah. In the same way that it's always frustrating that Jimmy brings up that him and Kirsten used to, used to date, like not to that level, but it is always kind of frustrating that you know Kirsten's always going to stick up for Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but he's wrong. What he did was was terrible. Just I know. Like, I keep thinking back to this friend. I keep thinking back to like the last episode and how the whole like cotillion disaster could have been avoided. Remember in that scene where Sandy's like, I'm going to start calling people and telling them like, that Jimmy's stealing money and then Kirsten stops him and she's like, no, 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 like, let me go talk to him first. And then like that never, like Sandy never has the chance to call those people. Like, yeah, Greg could have found out sooner and like maybe handled it. And again, it's, you're right. It's all Jimmy's fault uh, because he could have answered Greg's calls or like not stolen from him in the first place. But the cotillion punch out, could have been avoided if if Kirsten hadn't, you know, stuck up for Jimmy the way she did. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have gotten to watch that scene. I know. <laughs> I'm glad it happened the way it happened. Um, I'm glad it happened. I hope it happens again. Oh, Jimmy keeps getting punched every episode. <laughs> uh, then we cut back to the Crab Shack. We're with Ryan and Seth. I guess this is later in the day. Yeah, probably. Yeah, later this is that like day. the end of Ryan's like second day of work. Right. <laughs> Always something going on. Uh, so Seth shows up again, and this time he's he's coming with IMAX tickets to like a shark movie in IMAX, yep. which I'd go do that. Um, but Ryan's like, um, hey, actually, I made plans with Marissa. And Seth's like, again, being a little selfish, being a little self-centered, not quite picking up on what Ryan's throwing down. He's like, I'm hanging out with Marissa. He's like, I'll bring her along. 
He's like, well, she's kind of babysitting Caitlin. She can come too. Like, oh, we'll get we'll get a bunch of tickets. We'll all go together. And Red's just kind of like, it's like uh, at her. I I I, I want to make out with this girl. Like why? Yeah. Like I don't know how many ways. It's a, it's a date. I don't know how many hints I can drop to you, bro. But uh, we're not going to the IMAX movie. I'm gonna hang out at her house and see see what I see, see what happens. Um, and so Seth's like, okay, whatever, that's cool. And then he's like, goes to Donnie because he's just looking for somebody to hang out with tonight. He's like, hey, Donnie, I got tickets to the IMAX. And Donnie's Donnie does not think that is cool. He's Donnie's not, like, I don't know, I don't know what a fucking IMAX is, but it sounds it sounds dumb. Where what's party? IMAX is that a, a is that a stripper? Sounds like a stripper's name. <laughs> is she hot? Uh, Donnie says I to Ryan, he's like, I don't know how we got through that day. I was so hungover. Yeah. All right, where's the next party? <laughs> yeah. Man. I ought to be young again. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, yeah, then, then Donnie invites Seth to, uh, the big kegger, the six kegger in Long Beach. And Seth's just like, uh, yeah, totally. I totally want to hang out with, at a kegger with you. That would be cool. And then Ryan's, Ryan kind of pops up behind him. He's just like, dude, this guy's pretty hardcore. (laughs) I thought that was funny. It's like what? What? Like Ryan has worked with this guy, which has seen him like, uh, you know, work staff behavior, work behavior. So fine. And then he's he's hung out with him one night, and it's like, what? Happened? What do you think Donnie did? What did Donnie one- do? <laughs> what do you think Donnie did that made Ryan kind of like be like, whoa, this guy is fucking wild. <laughs> I saw this guy drink somebody's blood last night. Like he's <laughs> fucking hardcore. And then he wanted more blood, but there wasn't any blood, so he just cut somebody and started drinking their blood out of their cut. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He did some other shit too, but all I can think about is all that blood that he was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so here we have a situation where Ryan doesn't want Seth to go to the party, but Seth's like, oh, you're not my mom. I'm going to the party. So then... Yeah, Seth, I think Seth is trying to be like, I'm a, I'm a, I can be a tough, cool guy too. Yeah. And Ryan's like, you're a spoiled rich kid. He's like, how are you getting there? He's like, oh, I'm taking the Range Rover. I'll park it up the street. It'll be fine. It's like... Um, so now, So now Ryan is kind of like, okay, I'm going. Which I thought like... Okay, like good good for you, Ryan. Good for like looking after your boy Seth. But like you're seriously going to bail on Marissa? This is your first date. This is like your first chance. And he doesn't even call her until they're until- like well into the party. I'm like, "What are you doing, man?" He goes, we'll, we'll stay for one hour, is yeah. what he tells Seth. You got one hour to do this party, which I'm like, that's not even fun. Like, let's just, I'll just play, I'll just play the samurai game. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd be chaperoned when I agreed to go to this party. <clears throat> so, um, 
Okay, so then we go to the Cohen's backyard. We got uh, Jimmy and Sandy, and they're grilling out, and they're drinking beers. They're drinking Coronas. Coronas. Jimmy's favorite beer. And uh, Jimmy says, uh, I I can't remember the last time I've had steak. I live with three vegetarians. I'm pretty sure I've seen Marissa eat like a hamburger at this point. Am I am I wrong? Or is that later? Um I don't know. It never comes up. This is the only time I think they mention that she's a vegetarian. Like, or any I, of them I, I are, like she... Julie. Yeah. Maybe he was just being uh hyperbolic with that one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, it, and then uh and then Sandy's like, "Oh, I can't remember the last time I had beer. We're always drinking Chardonnay and stuff in our house." And a lot of these scenes, a lot of what's nice about these scenes, it's like two guys who have worked really hard to like I guess kind of like raise their family, take care of their family. Um, live kind of a healthy lifestyle and stuff and this is like this is like the one moment in so long where they can can just kind of like let their hair down and indulge a little and like you know eat meat and drink beers and have a boys night and, it, and it, you really get the sense that like neither of them have had the chance to do this in a long time yeah and I don't think either of them really have friends yeah outside of like like, I think Sandy's always, like, just hanging out with Kirsten. He's like, my right. best friend is my wife. Yeah. I don't need any other friends. He doesn't even really like, like anybody in Newport. No. Surfing is a solo and, like, sport. <laughs> like, he doesn't yeah, need... Yeah, and, and Jimmy doesn't really seem to... And he definitely doesn't have any friends now, because he stole all their money. Yeah. So it's just, like, but it's, hanging it's, out. It's kind of cool to see him, yeah, just, like, hanging out, bonding... It's a return to form. Um, and then their phone rings. The Cohen's phone rings. And then Jimmy's like, I'll get it. It's like, what, 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 when have you been a guest in somebody's house? Even before, like, before cell phones. You're a guest at somebody's house and their <laughs> phone rings and you answer it? Is that a thing? I The only thing I can think of is... And I mean, it was so long ago. I don't even really remember people using landlines to like call somebody. But uh, if somebody, if the phone did ring, I could see somebody like, hey, do you mind getting that? Because I'm, my hands are full. Sure. And then you would like get it and then like hand it to, not answer it. Yeah. (laughs) You just get it and then hand it to them. And uh, Jimmy answers it. Also like Sandy's just grilling steaks. It's not like you have to tend to them. You just throw them on the grill and then ideally you flip them one time and that's it. But uh, (laughs) whatever. So Jimmy answers the phone and he doesn't say like, Cohen residence, this is Jimmy or anything. He's just like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Kirsten's on the other end. She's at the uh, the retreat still, but she's like, she's kind of like, wait, Jimmy, did I call you? And he's like, no, I'm at your house. I'm hanging out with your husband. And she's kind of like, okay, because <laughs> she's as far as she knows, Sandy's not crazy about Jimmy, but yeah, they're hanging out. He's like, <laughs> he's like, 
we're doing a uh, guy stuff. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> she's like, that's nice. <laughs> and, um, and Kirsten's just like, that's also, that's also a sign of somebody who doesn't really hang out much with, with yeah. other guys. We're doing guy stuff. <laughs> hey, me and your husband, we're doing guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just uh, classic guy stuff. You, you know, know talk I, about cars. Cars. Guy and stuff. Babes and action movies. Guy stuff. <laughs> um, and they're, so they're having this conversation. Kirsten kind of expresses how she's, you know, really concerned about Jimmy and hopes he's doing okay and all this stuff. And Julie is like over Kirsten's shoulder, like eavesdropping on this conversation. And of course, you know, Kirsten ends the conversation by saying like, take care, Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy. I love you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jim, Jim. Bye, Jimmy, Jim, Jim. <laughs> and so now Julie knows Kirsten's talking to Jimmy. So she kind of like, um, she's just kind of like, what was, what was that all about? Like she's like your your concern for my husband is touching. Sick. I forget what she's I think touching. She says yeah. touching, but she says it in that way that's just like I caught you. I caught you being in love with my husband. And Kirsten's like, no, wait, I fucking called my house. Yeah, I was trying to talk to my husband, and your husband answered my phone. I can't explain that. And then, uh, so I guess they're are they getting ready to leave? No, they're not leaving at this point. They're just going to the next fucking thing at their retreat i did notice in this scene when all of the noopsies walked out like they all were wearing like they looked like power rangers they were all wearing the same yeah. outfit <laughs> but different colors like there was a green one and a yellow one, <laughs> and a blue one. i'm the green noopsie <laughs> um, i'm the blue noopsie <laughs> <laughs> form of mercedes-benz <laughs> Form of tennis lessons. <laughs> Rich people shit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was it was really funny how similar they looked. And I and I I know that was a deliberate choice by the costuming. Uh so props to them. Props to wardrobe yeah. on that one. Um so then we cut to the Long Beach party. Finally we get to see what these ragers are all about. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, I know. Right away. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and Seth enter. What do we? What's the? What's the first thing you noticed about the party? Because I noticed three things well, immediately. The first thing I notice is that this hardcore Long Beach six kegger crazy honey party. Let's get it started by the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, and it's <laughs> uh, it's not. Let's get it started. It's let's it's, get the R word, which they stopped. They like, they like scrapped that version of the song. Like they don't perform it like that way anymore. Right. But it's also, maybe this is a pretty edgy party since they're playing the, the, the R word version of that song. Yeah. <laughs> I they're like, couldn't agree we, more. We, uh, we got a bootleg copy of the original. Yeah. That you can't, these are out of print. You can't even get them anymore. But uh, my boy hooked it up. <laughs> we don't believe in censorship in Long Beach. So they Ryan and Seth walk in, and so the first thing I notice you notice is this like dude who's just like leaning 
against a wall with a beer and he kind of gives one of these like hey what's up he like points off camera and like says what's up and he's wearing like a like an mxpx t-shirt or something like real alternative (laughs) real alternative scene here there's another like couple that looks like they're in the matrix in the background making out (laughs) (laughs) just like the fucking sunglasses and like straight black hair and like leather and they're just like making out and then like as seth's entering the party like a girl like just kind of grabs him like kind of gropes him a little bit like kind of tugs on his shirt as she's passing by which i thought was really strange like has that ever happened anywhere like is this an orgy party what's going on that is um an extra who was like i'm gonna be in this scene i'm gonna have something to do in this scene because they're probably like all right you're just at a party you're all and, real uh, horny. And they're gonna walk by you and just be partying. And she's like, "I'm gonna grab him. I'm gonna grab him and blow his mind." <laughs> Maybe I'll be the new summer. Um. So yeah. So yeah. The Black Eyed Peas is going hard. It, the party is so alt. It's so hardcore. Um. And then Seth turns to Ryan and he goes, "Wow, she really is a dancer." And then we cut to the girl from before, the blonde girl that we saw earlier. And she is like standing on top of like a tower or something. It looked like a lifeguard stand. It looks like some kind of structure in the middle of this backyard. And there's a bunch of multicolored lights kind of strobing around her. And she's not what she's doing. I wouldn't call dancing. (laughs) She's just kind of like taking her clothes off, <laughs> but not dancing, just stripping, I would say. Right. But not taking all of her clothes off. No, just this is network just TV. Just the outside clothes. Yeah. She's just going down to what is essentially a bikini. Yeah. But that's enough for Seth, I guess. <laughs> so um, Donnie calls Ryan over. He's like, there's some people I want you to meet. Okay, Come whatever. meet my boys. Meet my boys. And so Ryan and Seth are splitting up. Ryan's like, 45 minutes and then we're gone. Okay? Yeah, right. And then we cut to the... Um, what do you think Donnie's boys are like? We don't really get a good judge of that. A few of them go to the, to the party later. At but. Ollie's, yeah. You know, as, as different as they want to be... I would say that Donnie, Donnie's boys and Luke's boys are like the same boys. Same boys. <laughs> like they just put, they just like bleached some one of the water polo guys' hair, and they're like, okay, now you're Donnie's boy. You know, like it. They're they're both bullies, as we'll find out. And yeah, they're they're really not all that different. <laughs> no. It's just their parents' income is the only yes, thing that they don't have. Socioeconomic level common. is yeah, the only thing that make that separates these two. Um so then we cut to the Cohen's like I call it like the video game room. It's where they're always playing PlayStation. And Sandy and Jimmy are just like fucking chilling. They're playing the Dynasty Warriors split screen, love it. Um Split screen. I <laughs> I I was assuming that you would 
be appreciative of that. I I am, and they uh, <laughs> they like, got all your angry letters. I <laughs> finally, yeah. After one episode, they were like, "Oh, we got to go back and change that insert shot." Um. So there, yeah. There's like beer bottles and like chips and stuff. Like they're just like they're getting back to being like teenagers again, right? And just when you think that this night couldn't get any better, Jimmy goes and opens his big, stupid, fucking dumb mouth. Jesus Christ. He says, uh, he says like, wow, I, I can't remember the last time I played a video game. Sa- Sandy, are, are we old? Are we old now? And then Sandy's like, ah, I, no, I'm, I'm still 22. It was the best year of my life. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, it was the year I met Kirsten. Now, Sandy is Kirsten's husband. They have a child together. They are still married. For him to say that, it's incredibly sweet and romantic. And I love you, Sandy Cohen. And then uh, Jimmy's like, I, f- I feel like I'm s- I like, I wish I was 16 again. And then, and then Sandy's like, why? He's like, well, that's the year I met Kirsten. <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Everything about it, even like the the if you take out the part about Kirsten for some dude in his like 50s to be like I wish I was 16 again it's like that's so young for you you're so old yeah I don't even remember 16 I remember like being really I remember going to a lot of shows and being like really uncomfortable in my own skin that's all I remember about it's the age of 16 it wasn't great, especially like now that I've like in my thirties, I've gotten a little bit of wisdom. I got a little bit more confidence. I, I I know who I am a little bit more, and I have like kind of a better grasp on the world. At sixteen, yeah, I didn't know shit. I was so clueless about everything. <laughs> like to go back there, I could see Jimmy wanting to do it. If he had said, like, to get a fresh start or something like that. So I don't make the same mistakes I made, you know, this first time around. I, I, right. I could sympathize with that. But no, he says, I wish I was 16 because that's when I met your wife. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Way to kill the mood. Ugh. Piss me off, And man. Sandy, Peter Gallagher, uh, all we do is compliment his acting. But he truly has a look on his face like, I don't, I don't know what to, how to react. Did you just say and like, that? <laughs> and like, Tay Donovan kind of like, uh, like gives him a look of like, is that weird that I said that? <laughs> just right. doing his weird Let's just shrug keep playing thing. video games. Hey, uh, you're I'd up. be like, the scene cuts, but I wish it had gone on a few seconds longer and you just hear Sandy Cohen go, get the fuck out of my fucking house, you fucking idiot. <laughs> You're like, dude, I give you every fucking grace that I can, but like, I can only stand so much, you dumb fucking idiot. <laughs> um, so then we cut, thankfully... They bail us out of this scene. <laughs> Thankfully. By cutting to uh, Marissa's house. This is Marissa 
she gets a phone call. It's Ryan. We cut to the house party. Ryan's at, at the party. They've been there for a minute. Uh, he's using the landline from the house at the house party, and he's like stretching the cord into the backyard. <laughs> But he's like in the middle. It's still the middle of the like. There's people everywhere. I don't know, like what is it quieter outside? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah. I'm pretty sure he has a cell phone, right? I thought they all had cell phones. Yeah, and I was like, why couldn't you just call her like on the way to Long Beach or whatever if you got to do this? But and and he might Ryan, have been out of minutes. This was back when you had minutes. Oh, you got to watch the minutes. Ryan's kind of stupid in this scene too because he just basically calls Marissa and he's just like you know she can hear all the party in the background she's like where are you he's like he's like oh about this party uh Seth's talking to this dancer <laughs> she's like dancer she's like what the what's going on he's like it's a long story I'll tell you about it later Marissa's just kind of like okay <laughs> like well, I thought we were gonna hang out tonight like she's kind of perturbed and I completely understand why yeah because ryan's not really not really doing anything to uh to secure her her confidence in him right now there are so many and i guess again this is all well why doesn't he just say this well then this that scene doesn't happen and the reason that this show happens the way it does is they they make him say it this way right like i get all that yeah yeah but there are just so many times where Ryan going like it's a long story. Right. It's like, well, no, fucking explain it, and that's, then yeah, that's just and lazy then everything writing. Is okay. You called her. Did yeah. you call her to say like, oh, I can't talk right now. Oh, it's a long story. Like you called her, dude. Yeah. Uh. So Ryan sees the flags raising of like, oh, I might not get <laughs> to make out with this girl after all. I'm kind of blowing this. Uh, so he goes over to Seth and he's like, let's, let's go. We got to go now. Um, and as they're leaving, uh, these, these people are arriving to the party as Seth and Ryan are leaving. And we overhear the people entering say, some dude just demoed a Range Rover. Man, that car is messed up. (laughs) Like, it's so... (laughs) It's so like comical and over the top the way it's like delivered and the fact that it happens right next to them as they're walking out. Right. And I noticed that like as they're leaving, I, well, I wanted to know who's DJing this party because they jump from Black Eyed Peas to this fucking like hardcore metal song that's playing (laughs) as they find out about the Range Rover. It's like, man, that thing is messed up. And then you hear the music and it's like, who's the DJ? Well, they had several DJs. They had six kegs and four DJs. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, DJ thrash metal showed up. He started dropping dropping the needle at that moment. Uh, <laughs> I assume. I don't know. But yeah, I think that was just kind of like a, oh, we're in over our heads kind of metal break uh, as we go into commercial yeah. maybe. I don't know. But yeah, the, the party's all over the place, guys. South Beach, just stay away. <laughs> Especially if you have a nice car. Like you can't even park a nice car in this neighborhood without somebody like absolutely trashing it. Well, he said he would park it up the street, uh, but honestly, like, what is that going to do? Yeah. It's just, 
stay a little away. further away from the party. Right, you got to walk a little further. Also, like this is a six keg party. Like you, you're you're gonna have to park a mile away because there's there's a lot of people and they're all they all got to drink the kegs, the six kegs. Also, if you okay, I don't think we did this last episode, but I'm bringing it back. What would Mitchell do? You're you're getting to a party. You're like walking down the road to a party and you see a Range Rover absolutely demolished, just windows smashed, spray painted. Would you like walk into the party laughing and being like, <laughs> somebody just destroyed a, somebody else's car. Oh, dude, that is awesome. <laughs> Fuck rich people, right? It's like, that's, that's all these people have in common. They obviously don't have music in common at this party. All they, <laughs> all they have in common is that they hate rich people. And so they're all stoked that the range got demolished. Uh, no, I would, I would feel terrible if I saw that. I would probably wait by that car and then whoever owns the car comes back and I'm just like, hey, I didn't see who did this, but if, if you know, they like fucked your, your, your motor up or something and you need a ride, I could help you. <laughs> like, I would feel so bad if that happened to somebody. Or I would assume it's like a, you know, like a ex-girlfriend or something, you know, like there had to be some, some sort of motivation that that's like, that's another thing that like sucks about this episode is that this is like, this is kind of like one of the big things that happens in this episode is the range gets like fucking spray painted and the windows get smashed and everything. And it's like completely unmotivated. Like it's just a random act of, of destruction. Right. There's no, there was no reason for it. Aside from them just being in a bad neighborhood, like that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, like, it wasn't like uh, Luke's boys did it to get back at Ryan. For, exactly. You yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, there was no, there's no reason for it. It also makes like lower income neighborhoods look like they just want to like like people just go around like smashing other people's property. I was like, no, <laughs> that's, that's not the case. Um, so then we cut the dip to commercial. Then we cut to the Cones driveway the next morning and we get a, a full view of the damage that was done to the Range Rover, which is in fact like ran, it looks like random letters spray painted. on it. Uh, I think, I, I think I read, uh, like you suck or something. Oh, <laughs> like damn burn. Yeah. And keep in mind, nobody knows who drives this car. <laughs> like, yeah, they just saw a nice car and decided to. Really stick it to him. And Sandy's like out there with Ryan and Seth. And he's like, this happened in the IMAX parking lot. <laughs> She's like, oh, that was a good, that was a good one. And then Seth goes, uh, he's like, yeah, shark movies bring out a rough crowd or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And Sandy's like, you got to explain this to Kirsten, which we never get. <laughs> he says it twice in the episode. We never get the the confrontation between Seth and Kirsten about what happens to the range, but right. I wonder if in the next step, I can't remember if in the next episode he's like grounded because of it or something. That would be, that would make, that would make sense. Yeah. But so, um, Sandy exits and Seth is left with Ryan. He's like, so did you talk to Marissa? You know, cause kind of, we kind of blew it. Kind of blew that date. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Ryan's like, ah, oh, she doesn't really want to talk. And then Seth 
Oh, one of my favorite callbacks. Seth says, dude, I'm sorry I salted your game. Yes! Yeah! Yeah! We did it. <laughs> I'm so glad that one came back. That was like an episode one, right? Yes. That was episode one, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they say it again in the show. It's not like common vernacular for them. Yeah, like, that's true. They... Uh, yeah, I feel like it doesn't really come back up again. This might be the um, swan song for Salted Your Game. Uh, <laughs> the and salt if it, song. Yeah. <laughs> and if it is, that's, that's a little disappointing. I feel like it could, it could have gotten better, a better uh, final moment. But hey, what, <laughs> what can you do? Um, so then we cut to the sauna. That's all the, all the noopsies, all the ladies on their retreat. And they're in a, a sauna together. And... Um, the Noopsies are really pushing Julie to divorce Jimmy at this moment. And um, Kirsten just like fucking calls them out. Like she's just like dropping bombs. She's like, uh, why didn't you divorce your husband when he cheated on you with like his secretary? And then she's like, and what about you? Um uh, you like had a $500 a day cocaine habit in college, which is like a weird thing to <laughs> say. That's a lot of cocaine, right? It's a ton. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't, I've never bought cocaine. I don't know. I know that it is a, a more expensive drug. It's on the pricier end, but I would assume $500 a day is quite Back a in lot. Like the in like eighties or like yeah. early, you know, like, early 80s late 70s or whatever like because those those women are older they're yeah i guess they're about like our parents age so they would have been graduating in like 1980 ish maybe and then in college yeah in like the mid 80s so yeah cocaine 80 dollars, 500 dollars a day very expensive i'm surprised that woman is still alive right now <laughs> um and then she calls out another one of the noopsies she says Marlin, that Marlene Marlene she says that you uh have employed a Guatemalan family for less than minimum wage to clean your house which is another another w- kind of weird jab at somebody I mean fucked up like you should be paying people <laughs> what they're worth um and then uh yeah she's essentially she's essentially doing all this to say like stop throwing stones stop encouraging that julie and jimmy get a divorce like what they're going through is like no different than what you guys have gone through like we all have problems we all fuck up nobody's perfect fucking chill out on this and um and then yeah julie is this in the this is in the sauna. Did all, do all the women leave or something? I feel like Julie and Kirsten have kind of a candid conversation at this point. Yeah, because I think after after uh, Kirsten blasts all of them, yeah. um, then Julie says something basically of like, you always take my husband's side or yep. something like that. Which and is true. And then Marlene is like, shower time, the limo comes at six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, let's get the fuck out of here while they yeah. hash this out. Yeah, um, and this is where Julie brings up, like, he moved in next to you. This is, like, where we get that information gets revealed. And she says, like, he has a photo of you guys at prom on our wall. Dude! 
which is really weird. Yeah. Like, could you imagine like family photo, family photo, grandma, like nephew, niece, and then like fucking mom at prom with the next or dad at prom with the next door neighbor lady. Like very, very weird. Oh, um, not come, not completely. Uh, I, I can believe it. But it's fucking weird. <laughs> I could, yes, that's the thing. And that's another reason why I don't like Jimmy at this point is because I do believe that. I, I yeah. very much believe that is, that is true. Um, it's just a weird kind of like dynamic to explore, dynamic to explore in a, uh, in a show, I think. Like this like sort of like unrequited love, but it's like, kind of like weirdly unhealthy the way these two like the way Jimmy is like into Kirsten um, and also open about like yeah saying he's it never, to her he's husband. never like trying to sabotage their marriage openly but it's always just like yeah she used to be mine yeah she used to be my girl fucking love her dude <laughs> yeah um, and then, and then, uh, Julie says, I read this one down cause this is a, uh, this was a, a heavy hitting line. She says, whoever thought that him knocking me up would be the best thing that ever happened to you. It's like, whoa. And then she, cause she stands up and yeah. she's walking away and then she turns around and delivers that Over line the shoulder, yeah. and then like walks into the steam of Ooh, the sauna. Oh <laughs> man. What a, what a Disney villain she is. I love it. <laughs> And then she takes a bite out of an apple and it turns po- to poison or something. <laughs> like. Yeah, she she peels her face off and she's like an old witch or something. No, that's a <laughs> that's like a very uh self-aware like moment for Julie to have where she's just like she kn- she's and she's telling this to Kirsten. She's like I know that my husband loves you more than me. He always has. But he got me pregnant with Marissa and then like that was my like key to this life that I've always wanted and she she brings that up again in the limo and it's actually like the the uh, story that she tells is like it's 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 hard to say that it's like sad and I feel empathy for her because she is she, her priorities are so skewed and like all she really cares about is like glitz and glamour and money and status and stuff like that. But like, I thought that the way she tells, tells the story of the, the limousine and stuff when she was a little girl is very, I don't know. There was something about it that was like, that kind of moved me a little bit. Well, you feel, you feel bad for her. Yeah. And then you are confused because you're like, do I really feel bad for this terrible person? Terrible human. Like, yeah, this person who up until this point, I felt nothing but like disdain for. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a testament to her acting and the, the writing for her character. Cause they do a good job conveying that, but we'll, we'll get to that. That's like at the end of the episode. Yeah. 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 Um, so then we cut to Marissa's room with Marissa and, um, she is like, uh, I thought this was interesting because they just, Julie just said that 
there's a picture, a prom photo of Jimmy and Kirsten on the wall of the Cooper residence. And then we cut to Marissa's room and Marissa is removing a photo of her and Luke from her wall. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Like that. Um, it's a little motif going. And then, um, so then Seth, of all people, knocks on Marissa's bedroom door and walks in. And he gives what I would consider a great apology. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, look, he fucked up and he knows that he like he fucked stuff up for Ryan and he's got to fix it. Yeah, he, he, he takes full blame. He's like, it was it was totally my fault. Ryan wasn't there. I know you're going through a lot right now and you don't need to be stood up. So I'm really sorry. And Marissa hears that and she's like, wow, that's like super <laughs> mature of you. Like she's like surprised. She's like, thank you. And uh, and then Ryan, and then Seth like kind of like, he, he doesn't backpedal, but he kind of like shows his true colors a little bit. He's like, okay, full disclosure, Ryan's really mad at me right now and I need you to it's help me out me. by going on a date with him so that I get out of the doghouse. I was like, okay, for sure. You you knew this date was going to happen sooner or later, but it's just nice that Ryan kind of like helped it along the way. Right. Yeah. Um, then we cut to our golfing scene and Sandy and Jimmy are at a tee and they're just whacking balls. <laughs> but they never they never go beyond this tee. They're they're just they're just hashing it out right here. So as um, far as I can tell, this is the first hole yeah. of a golf course, and all they do is do a tee shot and then get into such an, an argument that they just don't play anymore. Yeah, the day is over. <laughs> Fuck your ball. Like, just leave it. I wrecked my club. Let's 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 just get out of here. Go our separate ways. <laughs> so so the scene starts out kind of hopeful. Sandy's like, "Great news, Jimmy. You can avoid jail time." Like, you should be going to jail for, like, 10 years. But you can avoid doing that if you pay back all of the money that you stole, $4 million. Oh, and by the way, you're going to lose your license to do the thing that, as I see it, is the only way you could raise this money. <laughs> so it's like, he's saying, great news, you can avoid jail time, You get, but this and this are, are caveats. Um, and, and then, and then Jimmy's kind of like, well, no, no, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work. <laughs> He's like, no, I want to be able to keep the money. Yeah. And my job. Yeah. And not have to go to jail. Don't want to go to jail. I don't want to suffer consequences. Um, and, uh. He's like, Julie will leave me. And Sandy's like, bro, like, this is a gift. You, you've, like, my friend worked over the weekend to get you out of this pickle that you're in. Uh, you should be grateful. And then Jimmy starts snapping at Sandy. He's like, you live in a fantasy land, dude. He's like, you try providing for your family. You're married to the richest girl in the fucking county. To which Sandy. But I went to prom with her. Yeah, I had her first. He doesn't say that, but he does like, he's like swinging his golf club around and like hitting it on the ground. Yeah. It's so childish the way that he's reacting. He's throwing such a tantrum right now. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he's like, you don't know what it's like to provide for your family. Cindy's like, I think providing for your family is more than just money. 
Like it's about actually being there for them. It's like, do you want to see Marissa graduate? You want to see Caitlin grow up? You got to fucking do this. You got to like, you got to sell your house. You got to like lose, you got to lose everything, start from scratch, but you will still be with your family. And Jimmy's like, I don't really see Caitlin that much anyways. She's only in each episode for like 20 seconds. Yeah, she's usually at some horse riding lesson or something. (laughs) They're about to send her off to boarding school. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Uh, Then we cut to the crab shack. It's Seth, Ryan, and our best boy, Donnie. Um, Donnie! (laughs) So Seth comes in with very good news. He's like, Ryan, you got a date tonight. Like you and Marissa. Round two, hopefully... You guys will, will actually get to spend some time together. So it's it's going to be, you know, Ryan hosting Marissa at the Cohen residence. Yeah. I just want to add that when Seth, uh, real fast, when Seth goes to apologize to Marissa, he does tell her that Ryan is making grilled cheese. And that's important for something that comes oh, yeah, up a little that later that I yeah. have to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Grilled cheese is Ryan's specialty. He is a <laughs> he's a great cook. <laughs> that is like one of the only things you could make in high like I remember like in high school it's like I could make ramen noodles, <laughs> I could make grilled cheese sandwiches. And like and you like know. hot like hot pockets. Anything you had to like microwave yeah. or put in the oven. Bagel bites, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, Seth's so like, you got a hot date tonight. And then Donnie comes up. He's like, yo, where the party at? He's like, there's nothing going. We, we drank all of those six kegs. There's no party at, at that house tonight. But like, hey, it's another day and I'm looking to get wrecked because that's my life. I work at this crab shack and then I party. And that's Donnie. And that's Seth's, Donnie. Seth's like, uh, oh, there's a party at Holly's because of course there is. But it's the Newport scene. What? I wanted to ask, was this the party that Luke had referred to earlier? I would think so. Or is this another party? You know what? It's probably another one. two days ago. Yeah, that was two days ago. And Luke was like, let's go party at Holly's tonight. And so, of course, (laughs) Holly, it's so weird. These two worlds have so much in common. Donnie is Luke. Holly is whoever the host of that six kegger is. Molly. Molly. <laughs> These are parallel worlds. Uh, so, yeah, of course, Holly's having a, another party. But Seth's like, that's the Newport crowd. You don't want to, you know, that's lame. You don't want to do that. And then Donnie, 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 like, adopts this. Hey, life is what you make it, bro. Let's go have a good time. <laughs> like, this we, Like this is out of nowhere. <laughs> That is the that's the uh, the mantra of somebody who parties every night and he doesn't care where. Yeah, he's just like I'm gonna make so-and-so? it a good time. Party, life is what you make. I'm it. showing up and I'm gonna have a good time no matter what. <laughs> and Ryan's just kind of like Seth, don't just no, don't stop hanging out with this guy. And then Seth's like, um, <laughs> yes, actually, yes, bye. <laughs> and so Seth is like, it's okay. He'll be on. My, he's on my turf now, so yeah, I'll be able right. to like manage him. Seth doesn't have turf though. His turf is his bedroom and his comic books. <laughs> <laughs> That's his turf. And even there, he doesn't have much of a grasp on what's going on. True. Um, 
So then we cut to Marissa's room, and uh, it's just Marissa kind of like getting ready for her date with Ryan. And you remember our last episode, you were like, there's always like one shot that's kind of like artful. It's kind of like artfully done. This was that for <laughs> me for this episode. There's another mirror shot. It's like yep. Marissa looking in the mirror, but we're like jump cutting. And it's not, there's just like music playing. There's no like diegetic audio. And she's like, should I wear my hair up or like to the side? And then she's like, I'm just going to wear it down. I'm just going to wear it down. It's fine. And, um, and it, uh, this was like a nice little character moment. And then we jump to uh, the Cohen's backyard where Marissa's bringing her leftover macaroni and cheese. Is this what you're talking about? This is important. Okay. <laughs> Marissa brings leftover macaroni and cheese. From last night when Ryan, Ryan bailed. She was like, that's my specialty. Ryan is making grilled cheese. Yes. That's too much cheese. We got a two cheese entree tonight. <laughs> cheese Not with a side of cheese. Is Ryan making grilled cheese? He's grilling grilled cheese. Yeah, he's actually grilling grill. it. He's not pressing. Like a grilled cheese is technically a press, I guess, because you do yeah. it on the stovetop and you press it down. He's actually it's grilling gonna, like, it on sink a grill. The, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine cleaning that? It seems terrible. And then when he takes the grilled cheese off. It looks like it's been made in a pan. Yeah, like with butter and it's been, yeah, pressed and stuff. You're right. It doesn't have (laughs) grill marks on it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Good catch. (laughs) Okay, so we got cheese with a side of cheese for this date. And for dessert, cheesecake. (laughs) Oh, man. Could you just imagine both of them like holding in farts the whole time they're like (laughs) (laughs) hanging out with each other (laughs) that's why they like jump in the pool it's like they can finally just like (laughs) let her rip (laughs) so even marissa's farts sound like oh hey Hey. Um, so then we cut to Holly's party. Like Ryan and Marissa seem like this is, that scene feels good. Like this date's off to a good start. It's a lot like with Jimmy and, and Sandy. You're like, oh, this is going to be a pleasant experience for both parties and everything's going to be great. Right. Not quite. <laughs> of course. It's the OC. So we cut to Holly's party. We got Seth, Donnie, and Donnie's boys. Who are, you know, just Luke's boys with a different wig on. Uh, They're rolling up to the party. And Seth's kind of like, um, yeah, see, see, it's lame, right? And it's not. It's like the coolest looking party ever. Like they always are. This is Holly's beach house. Come on, get real. And uh, They don't have lame parties at Holly's beach house. Never. Especially when her parents are out of town. That's when there's cocaine and weed and (laughs) uh, the killers. (laughs) Just kidding. The killers aren't there. Um, but they're at least not playing a, a, an offensive song at Holly's party. Um, so Donnie's like, I don't know. I see a lot of potential as he like ogles more girls. Gross. And then Seth kind of Seth kind of does another moment. It's like another moment where, where he's like with the skateboard in, on the pier um, and kind of awkwardly like kind of like shuffles and then and then skates off. He kind of does this like nervous laugh where he's just kind of like <laughs> like oh shit <laughs> like this guy yeah this like guy's kind of a nightmare regrets 
the decision that he's made. Yeah, but he's kind of stuck there, so all he can do is nervously laugh. Um, and then we go to... So we did the Cohen's Backyard. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're at the party still. Luke and Holly are out back. Luke's just kind of like moping around at first. He's like got a beer and he's just kind of like drinking it, he's like pouring sadly it out. Sadly pouring it out. Pouring one out for Marissa. My Marissa's relationship. This is dead. Rest in peace, babe. And then uh, Holly, the, the host of this party, comes out and she's kind of like, where's Marissa? And looks like, she's at home. We're kind of on a break. And then Holly, like, laying it on super thick, just kind of goes over and, like, kind of touches his chest. And she's like, are you okay? And then she kind of, like, walks away and, like, looks back at him and stuff. And then Luke gets this, like, surge of confidence back. He, like, chugs his beard. He's just kind of like, I'm back, baby! kind of, like, follows. <laughs> his Holly puka shell the- necklace, like, starts glowing. <laughs> it's like he's like hey maybe it's not so bad after all um and then we're we're gonna get to a scene in a second here um that is a little inconsistent with the first episode i think you might know what i'm talking about we'll get there in a second so then we cut back to the cohen's house uh ryan and marissa are like sitting by the pool with their feet in the water and they're just kind of flirting and ryan's like splashing her and like Hey, Marissa's like, hey. It's like, I wrote down that, like, even when Marissa is, like, like having fun and trying to, like, flirt with a boy and stuff, she seems, like, annoyed to be there. <laughs> like, she seems like she doesn't want to be there. <laughs> at some point, Ryan, like, like gets up and... Are, there's a little bit of dialogue I at least want to touch on where Ryan gets a little bit sincere and he's kind of like, how are, how are you doing, you know? And she says, uh, she's like, I don't know, like, my family's not perfect. Like, like everybody assumed that the Coopers were perfect. It's like she said that with the assumption of just like, I know you think my family's perfect, but they're not. And I'm like, nobody said your family was perfect. No family's perfect. Like, that's a delusion. From the day that Ryan got there, (laughs) he has known that they are not that. Yeah, because remember, he sees everything. <laughs> and he knows that there are issues. It's like a it's like a minefield walking around the Cooper residence. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, nobody said you were perfect. Uh, so, th- th- then Ryan's kind of like, okay, let's like, lighten the mood. Ha ha, I'll pretend to push you in the pool or whatever. <laughs> and then Marissa, this is where she like seemed to know. She's just kind of like, ha ha, stop, stop. Okay. <laughs> like, she's just like... She just has a hard time having fun, I think. She's like very much like in the drama world, the mm-hmm. world of of angst. And so even when there's like a moment of levity, it feels awkward for her. Um uh, so then she she pushes Ryan into the pool. They actually like are both in the pool now. And they're like splashing around and having fun. And this is like they do some jump cutting. So they're like splashing, splashing, jump cut, splashing. And then they jump cut. And Ryan's just like laying on a pool float, like sleeping. <laughs> and then Marissa like pops up and like flips him over or something. I'm like, how long were they just like splashing around in the pool? 
And they're fully clothed. Look, they're not look, in their man, bathing Ryan suits. Ryan just ate a bunch of cheese, so he's getting sleepy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, this is fun. I'm gonna take a nap though. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna grab this pool float. And I'm just gonna chill out. And then she's like, okay, cool. I'll dry off. And then she just pops up and like pushes it. And then they're back to like splashing around again. I just thought that was a, it was cute, but it was also like a little strange, like. <laughs> It was, when did you have time weird. to get the it, it float was... and sit on it and like pretend you were asleep? Like, it doesn't make sense. Jay, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I, it's also like the idea of pushing someone in the pool. Yeah. Like back then it was like, oh yeah, that was really funny. But I feel like this was the last, like these were the last years where you could do that. Because everybody has at a, a phone certain in point, their pocket. Everyone got smartphones. Yeah. And it was like, if you push somebody into a pool, that's fucking like you... eight hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you will ruin their next like two weeks of their life because oh, they have yeah. to like fucking get everything back. Oh man, I miss a world where we could just push people into pools. Ah, fully with all their clothes on, yeah. they look so silly. So this scene ends with um, Ryan and Marissa like almost kissing like you think this is going to be the moment where they're like playing around in the pool and then they kind of like stop and they have like they're like faces are really close to each other and they have like a moment and you're just like oh shit it's gonna happen and then ryan just like ducks his head under the water i'm like fuck you ryan what are you waiting for bro let's go (laughs) (laughs) he's like just wait just wait yeah so then we come back to Holly's and um, we see Seth kind of watching Donnie like aggressively hit on Summer, you know, and Seth's just like, oh, God, this fucking guy, like this, maybe this was a bad idea. Um, and I think Summer, she kind of like, she she's like kind of like a strong presence. She can kind of like handle herself around boys. So he's just kind of like, girl, you fine or whatever. And then Summer's just like, aren't you the bus boy? Ew, random. <laughs> like, I love that she said ew yeah. and random. Random. Ew, she can handle random. herself. She's going to be really fucking mean and uh, degrade you based on your job, but she can handle herself. Yeah, yeah. The the, the ammunition she used to fire that shot wasn't the best, but she did manage to dodge a bullet. I'm using a lot of gun metaphors <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. Um, and so she like, she like kind of walks away from him to a group of people and they're all kind of like snickering at Donnie. And then Donnie's just like, Zuba got a fucking problem with me being a bus boy? <laughs> like, he just gets really defensive all of a sudden. Seth pops up and he's like, dude, chill, chill, chill. Like, it's cool. Like, let's, he's, he, at this point, I feel like he's just trying to get him out of there. He's like, calm down. Let's, let's go. And then uh, Donnie's like, Donnie's like, nah, we're going to have a good time. And then he like shows him Donnie a goes, gun. Donnie goes, uh, I, I I wrote down the Donnie goes the mad dog in me over there. Mad like, dog. Those people me. are mad dog in me. <laughs> mad dog is a good word. I feel like that's a good yeah. one. That's worth bringing back. That's like salt in your game. Like, <laughs> like these people are making fun of me. They're mad dog in me. Yeah. I like that. Um, and then he, he gives us another, you know, 
life is what you make it as he reveals that he has a gun in his waistband <laughs> a pistol he shows seth and seth's just like fuck mm. <laughs> and then they cut to commercial and they cut back and he's still like fuck because <laughs> this dude is definitely gonna use a gun if he has a gun yeah this guy has way too much hubris and is way too reckless to not use the gun that he brought to this party <laughs> So then we cut to the pool house with Ryan and Marissa. They're soaking wet. He's like, Ryan's like, I'll get you a towel. He wraps a towel around Marissa. They are millimeters away from kissing. They are like, you can, you can, you can feel the heat from their breath. And then ring, it's, ring, 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 it's ring. It's ridiculous. I didn't think that humans could get that close to each other. Without, without touching. Without touching their faces. Like, yeah. It's really impressive how, like, just how much of a tease this whole thing is. I know. Their chemistry is undeniable. And, of course, <laughs> the phone rings. Something interrupts it. And I would, I personally would have just been like, Oh fuck! I guess like Sandy and Kirsten got to answer that. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. I would have just been like, let that one go to voicemail. But Ryan's like, I gotta answer the phone. I would have been like, hey, fucking Jimmy, <laughs> you don't mind answering the phone here? <laughs> Jimmy, I'm trying to make out with your daughter. Can you answer? You the mind phone, grabbing please? that, dude? <laughs> Be a bro. <laughs> so Ryan answers the phone, and it's Seth, of course. The Coens took me in. I have to answer the phone when it rings. What am I doing? I owe them that much. I keep the pool house clean and I answer the phone when it rings. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's Seth on the other end. He's like, "You got to come to Holly's." And Ryan's just like, "Now's not really a good time." <laughs> and he's like, "I wouldn't be calling you if it wasn't serious." And then Ryan, being the good, the the lawful good person that he is he just he's like fine 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 i'll come to holly's you fucking oh cock blocking me again seth yet again killing me here you're killing me dude then we cut to holly's and, and donnie's donnie and his boys are just like fucking up holly's kitchen they've just like They've taken over the kitchen, him and his two goons that he brought. And they're just like throwing food and they're like breaking bottles and shit. They're just being a little, a little extra. And then we cut to Holly and Luke up in uh, the bedroom and they're getting real hot and heavy over there. And Holly says, do you know how long I've wanted to do this? Do you know how long I've wanted to hook up with you, Luke? I thought that they hooked up in the pilot episode. They did on the beach. Okay. Well then. All right. <laughs> no, um, I I thought that too. And then yeah, like Luke, uh, Luke says something like we we should have we should take a break more often or like something like that. Yeah. That's it. Basically implying like we haven't hooked up yet. Yeah. But they have. They have. This is an inconsistency that, that really is below the OC. Like they're, they're so good about like keeping all the threads intact, you know, episode to episode. And this is an oversight. In two more episodes where they go to Tijuana and Marissa catches them like, grinding on each other yeah 
they it comes out again that they've they've hooked up a bunch of times. I know. What the fuck? What's going on here? <laughs> I've got no explanation other than it's just an, it was an oversight in this episode. So then you hear like a glass break off screen and then Holly's like, "Oh, that sounded expensive." Uh, this I really I actually really like this part. Holly's like, "Come on, let's go." And Holly like gets up and walks out and looks like you go ahead. I'll uh, I'll be right behind you. <laughs> He's like, I need a second. <laughs> I need a second. <laughs> There's no way I'm walking down those stairs with a big old boner. Big old boner. Yeah, I thought that was like, that was one of the most realistic teen moments I've seen in the show so far. <laughs> just the way he played it where he's just like, oh, no, no, no it's cool. Uh, I'll just be a second. I'll be right behind you. <laughs> just like, no, no reason. No real reason why. I just got. I got to take a. I got to take a shit. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, yeah, Holly uh, goes downstairs. Uh, Luke- Holly goes downstairs, and uh, Donnie like knocks her blender. Yeah, just off like the counter. Pushes it off his, the counter with his like elbow, yeah. and it hits the ground. And Holly yells at him. She's, That's my blender. How dare you! You know I'm the party queen and I make the best margaritas <laughs> with that blender. It is a, a Vitamix. <laughs> it's like a $400 blender. It's just a regular blender. But she, yes. She's so pissed She's about so it. She's so pissed it about the blender breaking. It was my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. I, I would have been more... It would have made more sense if she was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't be a don't be a piece of shit. Like, it's not about the blender. It's about the fact that you're just breaking shit in my house. But yeah, yeah. she was really pissed off about the blender. So She's then like, no more marks, no more pina coladas, <laughs> no more daiquiris. No, I'll have to drink vodka straight from the bottle like Marissa. <laughs> so then, um. Luke uh, comes down. Luke finally <laughs> loses his erection. <laughs> comes downstairs, and um, he's kind of like Don is actually antagonizing Luke. Like so, Don's like kind of stepping to Luke. He's like, "Oh, look who it is! Is it Abercrombie or Fitch? I can't remember." And then uh, this is around the time Ryan shows up to the party, and he's just kind of like, <laughs> "I thought it was really funny that like Luke and." Donnie are like about to fight like they're like toe-to-toe with each other he's like let's fucking do this and then Ryan shows up and then uh and Donnie's just like yo what's up man and he like gives him like a high five <laughs> <laughs> well so so uh yeah like Luke uh, uh, Luke and Donnie uh well Donnie like calls him out and and Luke starts like stepping towards Donnie and then Seth is like Cause Seth knows that Donnie has a gun. Yeah. So he like tries to stop Luke and he's like, Luke, you don't want to do this, man. Come on. Trust me. You don't want to do this. And Luke like pushes Seth away. He's like, get out of here, Cohen. Yeah. Typical. He's like, ah, yeah. You, you again, shoe fly. Don't bother me. He's like, I want to fight this guy now. And Luke's like ready to fight. He's like, let's do this. Are we doing this? Let's do this. And yeah, like Ryan, Ryan's just, (laughs) Oh, what's up, man? How's it going? (laughs) It was something. Oh, what, where was I? Oh, yeah. I'm going to beat your ass. And then Luke's kind of like, oh, figures that like you guys would know each other because this guy's like always the problem at the party. Yeah. He says, like, oh, yeah, you guys, uh, I knew you guys were friends. Why don't you take him back to the trailer park or uh, something? Yeah. 
And, and then, Ryan was like, you know what? Shoot this shoot, motherfucker. Shoot, the, shoot this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, Donnie pulls out this gun and he points it at Luke. And he's just like, who's a bitch now? He says, "He." I wrote, I wrote this down because it was, it seemed like so weird for Donnie to say this, who at this point was like such like a, like a hard kind of street guy. He's pointing the gun at Luke and he goes, look how the roles have reversed. Look how the roles have reversed (laughs) (laughs) by me pointing a gun at you. Yes, technically pointing a gun at somebody does give you the upper hand. (laughs) Yeah. In a life and death sort of... A gun is a real role reverser. Yeah. I just thought it was so strange. It's like, why is he talking like that? Look how the role... Here's what I took out of... It was was weird, the wording that he used, but he was... was, Yeah, it was like, look how the roles have reversed, bitch. Yeah. Which (laughs) I immediately thought of the pilot episode where Luke says, welcome to the OC, bitch. Because he's basically like, you're the bitch now. But I was like... But Donnie wasn't there, Donnie doesn't so he know doesn't about know. That. Yeah, actually, that <laughs> this that is story a, this has is a spread callback, far and wide. I don't throughout Newport Beach. <laughs> the welcome to the OC bitch story. It says it on T-shirts down at the pier. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So yeah, he's he's pointing the gun at Luke. He's threatening him, and um. He says, like, I'm just trying to have fun. Life is what you make it. <laughs> like, he's, just, <laughs> he's just like losing his shit. Like, it's like, it's like that sort of like, uh, it's like, it's like, um, you know, he's, he's fucking causing a scene. He's pointing out, he's threatening the lives of everybody at this party. He's like, I'm just trying to have a good time, guys. Why don't we go back to having a good time, huh? And it's just like, dude, you are way far beyond the realm of having a good time at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, the roles so have Ryan, been reversed. They can't be unreversed now. Yes. You can't, you can't throw a double reverse Uno card down right now. There's no going back. So Ryan jumps in and he just tries to like get the gun away from Donnie. He like kind of like tackles him and in the melee, Oh, just real. Uh, yeah. a, a funny Seth line was before. Before that, he was like, "Ryan, how how bad do you want to? How bad do you want me to shoot this guy, man? Like oh, the way yeah. he, the way he treats us, and Seth, the way he's pushing you around, and the way he acts like he's better than us." And Seth goes, "Yeah, he's definitely flawed. <laughs> he's definitely a flawed individual. Don't <laughs> shoot him, though." <laughs> yeah, I like that line too. Even in even in a very tense moment. Seth manages to sneak in a joke. Can't help but be witty. Can't help it. It's a defense mechanism. Um, so, yeah, Ryan jumps on Donnie. The gun fires. Ryan gets the gun away from Donnie, and then Donnie's like, fuck, let's bail, and he and his boys run out. And then we, we see that Luke has been shot in the arm. He's kind of been shot in the bicep uh, by the gun. And then Ryan immediately like j- runs over to Luke and he's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Which I thought was sweet because mm-hmm. you know, Ryan's just trying to make peace the whole time, every time in every episode. And there always ends up being a fight or a gunshot wound. <laughs> you just can't avoid trouble. 
Or if Ryan had just been like, it's okay. He just shot you in the arm. Yeah. It's don't fine. be a baby. Get, get up. I'll, I'll drive you to the hospital. Come on. <laughs> or you can drive yourself. It's just one arm. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the other arm. The still. other arm works fine. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> so then we cut to the, um, all the ladies coming back from their retreat. They're all in a limousine. It's they're dropping off the last of the noopsies. I want to call her Karen because she has a kind of that haircut. Or is this Marlon's mom? Is this Marlene? This is Marlene. This is Marlene. Okay. So we've I mean, already decided the on hair. a name for this character. Yeah, this is Marlene. <laughs> so before this woman gets out of the car, she says, "Off to fire my cleaning lady." What? It's the it's the because the Kirsten called family? her out for having a Guatemalan family. But why is she firing her? Shouldn't she just pay her a a livable wage? That's what you should do. But (laughs) these women are terrible. She's digging herself into a deeper hole by saying that. I I think you're just like, oh, so now they're unemployed. Okay, perfect. Way to go. Good for you. What a humanitarian. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, um, she just spent a lot of money on this retreat. She that can't, is true. She can't be paying people a living wage. No, that's their problem. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> uh, so it's just Kirsten and, and Julie left in the back of the limousine. And uh, this is where Julie kind of gives that, that uh, tells that story about how she's she was a little girl. She was like, when I was a little girl, I'd always like l- try to look into the windows of limousines and see who was who was in there and imagine what their lives were like and stuff like that. And she was like, and you were the one probably looking back at me from that limousine. She's like, I've been jealous of you since I was eight years old. And she's like, I don't want to go back to not having anything. So it's like, it's like a very candid moment for Julie. Again, like her priorities are askew because she thinks that, you know, a decadent lifestyle is the end all be all but right i think that she conveys it very poignantly here and i don't know i just i just liked that bit of writing i thought that was like a pretty solid it's a good piece scene. of acting yeah um and this is where julie tells kirsten that that jimmy loved kirsten more than julie julie just got pregnant with Marissa accidentally and Jimmy did the right thing by marrying her or the honorable thing or whatever by marrying her and like raising the family. And then Kirsten's like, well, now it's your chance to do the honorable thing and like not divorce him and like stick stand by him because he did that for you all those years ago. And that makes a lot of sense to me, but um, something about that, is not going to compute in Julie's head. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I think it's it's a combination of he did the honorable thing by marrying her and also like she says back in the in the sauna, she was like he wasn't buying ponies and and uh you know, handbags for himself. Right. It's basically like you need to stick with him cuz you're part of the reason that he's in this mess. Oh, big time. Big time. You're entirely culpable. And Julie can deny it all day, but to do that would be lying, which Julie's good at, but (laughs) (laughs) 
Then we cut to the uh, the hospital. It's Ryan. He's on the phone. We're assuming with Marissa, and he's like, "You just you got to get down here. <laughs> Your ex boyfriend just got shot." Uh, he's taking you- it really. He's taking it really uh, tough. I don't know why, but Ryan just shot in the arm. No, I'd shot say the- Ryan. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marissa. Like everybody has to come visit him because he might not make it. It's like he just got shot in the arm. Chill out, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, Ryan kind of is reluctantly doing this because, you know, he's like, well, now Luke's going to be in a hospital bed. Marissa's going to show up and then they're going to like fall back in love or whatever. He's like, can't catch a break, this kid. Uh, then we cut to the Cohen's kitchen with uh, Kirsten and Sandy. Uh, Kirsten's arriving and she's like, what happened to the range? <laughs> After the Range Rover, and says he's just kind of like Seth will explain to you, which he never does uh, about that. And then Kirsten's like looking into the fridge. She's like, "You got beer? I miss beer." She's more concerned with the fact that he bought a twelve pack of Corona than the fact that her car is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Holly in the blender all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude. So, yeah, so Sandy's like, I don't know. The kids could be out late. They're drinking a Corona together. Sandy, she, they, she goes, do you, want, do you want a sip? And he goes, I want more than a sip. Ooh, they're going to fuck. <laughs> they are fucking. The, like, at the end of the scene, I, I feel like it was maybe a bit improvised where he, like, picks her up and puts her on the, sits her on the counter. And she kind of goes like, whoa, like she wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I thought that was cute and fun. They're so cute. Um, and then we cut to the <laughs> Cooper's house. Cut to with, the opposite the, of this. Uh, the literal opposite of that <laughs> vibe with uh, Julie arriving at her house with Jimmy. <clears throat> and then um, Jimmy basically tells her, he's like, okay, here's the, here's the situation, Julie. You have a choice to make. We can either lose everything, lose the house, the money. I got to pay everything back. And we can all stay together. Or you can keep everything and I go to jail. (laughs) Those are our options. And Jimmy lets Julie decide, which is like basically just wrapping a noose around his own neck at that point, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> like, you are screwing yourself, bro. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, that that is... I, I mean, I, I it sucks that it comes down to that, but, like, I'm, I'm, I admire Jimmy for kind of, like, willing being willing to accept whatever fate julie deems to him which will surely be the most damning one but i just thought well that he's was... taking he's taking responsibility for the first time this whole show yeah yeah he, he really is uh so good on good on you there jimmy um and then we we end this episode at the hospital with um ryan and seth are, are just sitting there in the waiting room um, that was interesting. Seth says, uh, are you scared to Ryan? And Ryan says, yeah. Did I misread that? What, what was he, what was he referencing there? Maybe just the fact that, uh, I mean, there was, Luke's going to be fine. A, there was like a gunshot 
I mean, we, yeah. we're downplaying it and acting as though, like, no big you just deal. go show people, me people on. People get shot all but, the time. But, like, that yeah. is a, a scary thing. And also, it's like, it could be also, are you scared that she's going to get back with Luke now? Like, I out mean, of yeah. pity. Ryan has a bit to be scared about at this point. Yeah. Um, this is our, uh, we've gotten it, like, two episodes in a row now. Mm-hmm. Uh of just like at the end of the episode, Ryan and Seth are basically kind of doing a little recap yeah. of like what's gone on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's where we're at. Um, and then Marissa enters uh, the hospital and Ryan comes up to her and Marissa's like, I'm going to go see Luke. Don't wait up. I might be up there a while. I'm like, oh, he just got shot in the arm. You guys were about to make out. Chill out. Ryan was like, we are millimeters away from making yeah. out. Millimeters. And so Marissa goes up to visit Luke. And then we're back with Ryan and Seth. And Ryan is the, always carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. He tells Seth, this is all my fault that this happened. Which is not really, you know, it's Donnie's fault. <laughs> you can't, you can't take the heat on this one, kid Chino. But yeah. uh, I thought it was cute that Seth ends the episode by saying, like, you know, like we got to stick together because when we split up, bad stuff happens. He said, uh, Ryan was like, uh, I feel like ever since I got here, everyone's life has gotten worse. And Seth goes, not everyone's. Aww. Like, we're talking it's about himself. Really great. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, it does say, he goes, uh, I do think that we got to stick together because United, we're unstoppable, mm-hmm. which isn't true. Like, they still get into trouble when they're sure, together. Sure. <laughs> but at least they're together when the yeah. trouble happens. And that's <laughs> ideal. And then we, uh, yeah, we kind of, this one kind of ends on like a, <laughs> like kind of a middle of the road. Like, there's no great cliffhanger or anything they're just kind of in the hospitals like you know luke's gonna be okay you think maybe he and marissa might talk while she's up there but yeah it just kind of yeah. kind of farts out it's, on that one it's not a great episode not a great episode not super strong <laughs> luckily um you know the writer goes on to have a, a very fruitful career writing the twilight scripts Right. But those aren't great scripts either. I'm sorry. <laughs> but also, uh, and it's not like uh, I'm worried that that person's going to listen to this and their feelings will be hurt because they're probably very rich now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm happy for it. Twilight. I don't think it's necessarily like the writing is the only thing wrong with this. There was like, it's just directing. a lot of stuff just didn't go right. And Yeah. Uh, you blame the director for that, I'd say. I mean, there were, from a writing perspective, there were some kind of clunky moments, but I mean, for the most part, it was a pretty tight script. And uh, yeah, I think it was the the director we have to blame, who is Jesus Salvador Trevino, who also directed Prison Break. And just a bunch of TV, it looks like. He does like one episode. Of like Criminal Minds, Lincoln Heights, Vanished, Reunion, Prison Break. Yeah, he's just kind of like a director for hire, it seems like. TV so, stuff. Go figure. I, it's, it's tough 
when the pilot episode of it of the OC is so good. Yeah. And it's hard to not compare every other episode to that. Like it kind of it set the bar sure really high. It certainly and, did. Yeah. And like all the episodes since then um I've enjoyed a lot, but if I if I find myself comparing the two, it's like it's not going to be as good as as that as that pilot episode. No. And this one definitely. And again, this is only 5 episodes in, and I yeah. think some of it is still like character development and you can tell the actors are still re- trying to feel out, you know, what their character is like, you know, it's mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different things happening, but it yeah. just wasn't it wasn't as good. <laughs> no, you're right. And the the show's like that. It's it, it it has ups and downs, but it does like it, it has it has episodes coming up that we both will remember forever. Like it has like some of the like the Spider-Man kiss and like it has like some of the best like moments. Uh so like we have that to look forward to. But yeah, you just got to kind of trudge through some of these uh some of these early on episodes I feel like and then later on they just like I think what happens is maybe they just they kind of run out of stuff to do with these characters or like I don't know but like they go into they explore kind of weird territory later on in this show with like the characters that they bring in and the way relationships develop and stuff and yeah it's just it's 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 a lot of ups and downs it's not a perfect show but it's it's fun <laughs> and it's uh it's memorable at least it is fun and it's it is like yeah even rewatching this episode and not and being like this one isn't as good but i still was engaged in watching it you well know? you had to be like, and like, talk about it <laughs> i looked yeah i got i'm i'm obligated i signed a contract yeah. to do this podcast <laughs> where you have to do it against our will <laughs> I I did look ahead and the next episode is also I I remember it being not that great. But then oh, yeah. there's like a run of some pretty solid episodes. Yeah, so. yeah. You're gonna have a little dip there early on. That makes sense. It's fine. They can't all be so, bangers. This is another sign of like not a great episode. Who's the OC MVP of this episode? Yeah. That's like a who tough stands call. out as being like mm. this was the star? Because I'm not giving it to Donnie. I refuse to give him. No, fuck Donnie. (laughs) He sucks. Maybe Ryan, because he. Ah, no. But he didn't even really do that much. He just kind of jumped in at the end there. Seth kind of blew it. (sighs) Marissa didn't really do anything. I mean, Jimmy. Jimmy kind of has that moment at the end with Julie. But he's like a big baby for the rest of the episode, and I fucking hate him for the, <laughs> the like yeah. rest of the episode. Oh he, man, just just him saying the "I wish I was sixteen again" line, yeah, uh, is Fuck not. That. He's not getting the uh, OC MVP. I think whenever I, we can't find somebody, was, we just default to Sandy. <laughs> I was gonna say either we default to Sandy or like I was recalling who's gotten the award so far and Ryan and Seth, neither of them have gotten one. Yeah. And so I wondered if 
the way that like Scorsese got the Oscar for The Departed, but it was really because of like all the stuff that he had done. <laughs> or Peter Jackson for The Lord of the Rings. Right. It was yeah. like, do we give one to, to Ryan or Seth? Because I, I think probably Ryan, because he did like bail on his date with Marissa to go like make sure Seth was okay at the party. He didn't handle it well. He should have called Marissa first, but he at least like did that because it's like Seth. Seth could have been in danger at that party. Yeah, and he did wrestle the gun away. Like yeah. the gun went off, but he tried to. He essentially like did you know face the guy with a gun, and he and fucking got a job. <laughs> like and he the, fucking got a job. Yeah, have any of these other kids the got a time? job? Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Atwood gets it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time coming, Ryan Atwood, but you, my friend, are the OC MVP. Congratulations, bud. <laughs> proud of you. Holy shit. All well, right. We Thank, did it. <laughs> we did it. That's episode five, guys. Thanks for checking it out. Um, make sure you like and subscribe are we on youtube <laughs> just like i guess just follow it if you're on spotify or whatever if you want we're going to try to yeah. release these episodes every wednesday for the foreseeable future at least until the christmas break and uh <laughs> and uh yeah leave us a review if you like it or if you don't and you want to let us know how we can do this show better even though i can't imagine you would have listened to all of this and hate it that would be a, a form of self-hatred that I just cannot fathom. <laughs> Some masochism. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate <laughs> you guys listening. Um, we did get some like some nice reviews, so we really appreciate that. We do read them. And yeah, thank you for the nice reviews, all the people. And the people who have reached out and told us that they've been enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah, and if you want to talk to us directly, Jay and Mitchell's the OC podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll be checking that regularly. And uh, yeah, I'm at Mitchell Hardage, H A R D A G E, on Instagram. Are you on Instagram? Do you want to let them know? Yes. Yeah, at J the Instagram. All right, cool. And uh, so that, that wraps up episode five. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next week. California! Thanks, bye. Bye. This podcast is a Kitty Wing production. <laughs> <laughs>